Rob. The following podcast will take spoilers, foul language, violence, and nudity. Your discretion is advised. Uh, what are you doing? I mean, fist words and swear and all. You farting and pooping all over the desk. I can't even stand it. I'm gonna have sex with a female. Maybe a guy. I don't know. I can't be trusted. <laughs> somebody, somebody say something else. Let's just start the episode. <laughs> you just went like so much further than you needed to. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cry for help I kind of wanted to stop him but I also kind of wanted to see where that was yeah. going no we're good what's going on everybody welcome back to the 4am podcast it's been a brief three months since our last episode and, uh, we're here most of us some of us yeah so quarantine was rough not everybody on the podcast survived but yeah Keep going. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you guys again. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you are? Uh, I'm Ruby Rob. Tony Corbin. I am Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Joe. Yeah, I didn't even say that right, did I? <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> what were you supposed to say? Tony Dallas. You're Tony Dallas. I'm Tony Corbin. I like Tony, Tony Corbin. Someone's got a new nickname. <laughs> now, before we get into the episode proper... Um, there is some business to attend to. Oh. Yeah. Um, one of the three of us left. Which one's getting fired? <laughs> well, Tony. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I was just going to I'll, I'll go. No, <laughs> if you need me to. No, I, I saw that coming. <laughs> so the, I mean, the, the reality is... He's got a bag. Oh, shit. We've got a couple of birthdays coming up. Indeed. Our dear podcasters, Tony and Brian, are both celebrating a birthday next week. You can open it. It's okay. And uh, so I wanted to give you guys a little, little snacky poo, but Brian's not here. And Will got a sore th- throat from sucking off too many dogs or whatever he does all day. So, unfortunately, it's just you. <laughs> all right. But we're going to celebrate. to myself. Yeah, all right. We're going we're gonna to celebrate your you and Brian, we're gonna we're gonna uh, raise a toast with whatever y'all are drinking. Water. Water. <laughs> Water. So we have some kind of chocolate cake encrusted in chocolate sprinkles, alcohol. with big old chocolate poops on the top. Yep. Boobs, Joe. Chocolate boobs. boobs my mistake. It's about a dozen titties on there, and then uh, a nice glazing of some sort of white uh, liquid. The Rob did that himself. <laughs> The boobs were that exciting to you. <laughs> I do love some chocolatey boobs. So, if any of you guys want a little cake, <laughs> get the plates and, and everything. I can, I can fart on it first right. if you want. If you're into that, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that that step. I'll take the cake though. And I guess uh, I guess we'll take this opportunity to uh, <laughs> take a bite. In honor of those we've lost, Fat, Fat Chat alumni, Louie Anderson, and Meatloaf. And Meatloaf, yeah. Yeah, that is 
some some unfortunate news. Tony, you get the first. 2022, not off to a good start. I know. All Maybe. of our morbidly obese people are dying. Wow. Uh, all right, but, but for those of us that do have a soul and you know, some compassion for all this, um, I, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I think I brought this up uh, earlier off mic, but uh, this is just, it's every year now. It's just fucking. Yeah, they're all like, terrible. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't wait for 2023 because 2022 was terrible. And then just do the same mm-hmm. thing where we're like, well, this person, that person, that person just died. And terrible. Well, there's usually nice events to contrast them, you know, Hello. like some wins. Uh, that used to happen up until not that long ago. <laughs> well, but... yeah, the the winter uh, to lose ratio has shifted over time. But I just I feel like it's every year we're like the next year will be better. It, it's not. It's just not. We're just we're just picking up everyone's spirits with this podcast. Uh, so far. yeah, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> this is. We did watch this is how I spend my birthday. What? what? All right. Hmm? I guess we kind of have to get into a little bit right now. But you you say we, you know, things are so down because we just watched the fifth element. I didn't say that. Last time, well, that's what you implied. I'm I sorry. said we're picking up, you said we're picking up people's spirits with this podcast. But my point is, the last time we got together, we watched Home Sweet Home Alone. Mm-hmm. So we're doing... Gangbusters in comparison. Listen, don't you dare besmirch my favorite film. That is a bold-faced lie, Mr. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Transformers Jurassic Park. We don't even have to go there, Mr. We have it on record. That was the one movie that got you to swear. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, well, so. Floodgates are open now, folks. No. Can't put the genie back in the bottle. Let's see how this goes. Speaking of bottles, more reason we're not doing fanatic. Yes, what? I'd like to raise a toast. Oh, to Tony and Brian. Happy birthday! Celebrating Happy birthday. another year around the sun. Uh-huh. Happy birthday! Yeah, Brian, I miss you. Another year this side of the dirt. Out for Brian. Sorry for getting Speaking of dirt, floor. we did watch the Fifth Element. Uh. The fifth element Rob, Rob's dirt. tipping his hand a little early. No, not at all. Here, let me get some of these. Uh, we also have Smart Food Crunch Berries Mary Berry Popcorn Mix. Because Smart Food needs to be made more dumb. <laughs> yes. You thought that uh, you might have a healthy snack? Hell no. No. We're going <clears> to <throat> take care of that for you. All right. <clears throat> Um, Tony, yeah. you don't remember what we do? I don't. Yeah. It's been months. It, it has been a while. Do, do you remember the basic format of the podcast at all? Yeah, we talk about movies. So all well, right, you guys explain movies to me mostly. Yeah. Um, Tony, have you seen Fifth Element before? Yes, a number of times, I believe. What's your experience in the past? Uh, it's it's kind of hard to say because I don't think I've seen this in at least a good. 10 years or so, mm-hmm. but um, I probably rented it or something. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't know what more to say on that, honestly. Joe, mm-hmm. you have a history with the fifth element. Nothing too crazy. I think I just um, saw it on HBO one day after, uh, you know, maybe like a year after it came out. Um, I remember at the time thinking like, 
this movie's got some some crazy ideas mm-hmm. and a um, surprisingly crazy format that I hadn't really noticed the the first time I watched it. But um, yeah, like Tony, it had been a while. Well, that's not entirely true. It had been about a month since I watched it because I tried to watch it last time we were going to record. <laughs> And then um, canceled the very day we were going to record. But before that, I hadn't watched it for um, probably a good decade. So we'll see how how well it holds up compared to what I remember. Okay, same for me. I I watched it, it had to be at least a decade ago. um, Because I was still at my parents' house. Uh, And the one scene I thought I remembered from the movie, turns out, was not in the movie. (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Can, do you want to get into that now, or do you want so to wait? So vaguely. So the the opera singer, mm-hmm. I remember it as a completely different looking character. Okay. So I guess I kind of remembered this the the scene with the opera singer, except it didn't take place in the theater like it does in the movie, and it wasn't with that looking character. So yeah. So so I think like, you're just thinking of a different movie. I guess. So like one of the most iconic like scenes of the film mm-hmm. you remember just entirely differently yeah okay. but also like yeah that character looked different it was in a different location there was different dialogue like that's just a different movie <laughs> yeah pretty much and i remember mila jovovich was wearing duct tape and that's about it that could be any movie yeah <laughs> that's fair duct tape or less it could just be an evening at the anderson household <laughs> or wait are they divorced now no, I don't think so. I can't keep track. Mm. Wait, which uh, one is he? Which Anderson is W.S. Anderson? Uh, the Resident Evil director. Yeah, I know, but like the name. Oh. Because Paul, I don't know. There's, there's Wes Anderson. No, Paul W., I think. Yeah, I think it's Paul W. Anderson. Riveting. It ain't Louis Anderson. Paul I know W.S. That. Anderson. Riveting podcast. <laughs> Riv- <laughs> riveting stuff. Quartered, according to... Yeah, he's still married. All right, let's get this shit rolling. Yeah, um... That's why she's still doing Resident Evil movies. Yeah, and Monster Hunter and whatever else he's got on his little docket there. Um, so, who's in this movie? Well, customarily, we would let Tony talk first. I mean, doesn't matter. And you would interrupt him. Like, if I'm going to get it wrong every time, you guys just got to start talking over me. Okay. (laughs) Why don't don't we give the floor to... um, Because I was here, like... To Corbin Tony first. Fine. Tony, tell us about this movie. All right. So, yeah, as we already mentioned, because it's more more important to find out about the movie and then the actors, because it really makes a difference. Well, there's... Damn it, we have a structure. Uh, so, as we already mentioned numerous times now, uh, we watched The Fulfillment from 1997. Uh, it was directed by Luc Besson, uh, who brought us Leon the Professional and Arthur and the Invisibles. And It went downhill fast. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's a whole, I mean, admittedly, he is, I, I believe it's a French director, and there's a bunch of like French movies that I'm not aware of and I know you have no idea what they are so we're just going to skip past all that. Uh this was a something of a passion po- project for Luc Besson cuz apparently he wrote this when he was in high school. Checks <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> wait, uh-huh. wait, I have to handle my shock really quickly. <laughs> well, how about this one? Uh the language that he helped invent were Lilu. Uh they turned into an actual thing and 
the two of them practice it so much that by the end of filming, they could actually speak whole conversations to each other in that language. All right. I thought that was just Mila Jovovich uh, gibberish. Yeah, you would think so, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to quietly leave the room. <laughs> and I'll, I'll wrap this up quickly, but... Um, the uh, one bit of information that I found rather interesting, but uh, could not fully collaborate, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, the animatronics to make the bad guys there, the... Mangalores. Mangalores. The Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, is apparently the same animatronics they would use later for the uh, Phantom Menace. The horrible racial stereotypes of Chinese people. I mean, it's very close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you take take the ears off, put a put a hat on it. Yeah, Yeah. kind of herky jerky ching chong face that they have going on there. But that is just (laughs) sad. Like that, you know. By the way, we'll be selling herky jerky ching chong face t shirts on our Teespring page. I don't know that we can. Sounds illegal. All all proceeds from those sales will be going to Rob Sensitivity Training. (laughs) Yeah, third times for the tenth round. So do you guys want to guess how Third much... time he showed up for yeah. Do you want to guess how much money This movie cost to make uh, This was What was this 97, 98 97, 97 uh, 65 million dollars I'm going to say 40 million uh, I probably should have also mentioned before In my history on this The most expensive movie made outside of Hollywood oh, okay. oh. at $93 million. <laughs> Joe wins. Okay. No, I don't, I don't know. Is that a win, really? Well, you know, versus Predator. Yeah. Whoever wins, we lose. Um, <laughs> you want to guess how much it made? Um, I don't know if it made that. Uh, I feel like this movie was like a minor bomb. So I'm thinking like $75 million. I'll just go with around 100 264 oh, million. Oh, okay. So that's pretty good. It did well. All right. So yeah, who would we get for this movie, Joe? Well, we actually have a good cast. I I can't complain about what's going on here in the casting department. You got Bruce Willis as Corbin Dallas, uh, Mila Jovovich, as far as I know, debuting, or if she had earlier film credits, um, this was the one that kind of put her on the map. Yeah. As Lilu, Gary Oldman. As Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, uh, just fucking Gary Oldmaning it it up to the maximum you could Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman as TikTok. Yeah. Uh, Ian Holm as Victor Cornelius. Uh, Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod. Um, Luke Perry getting like fifth, sixth billing for no reason as Billy. Uh, His name was in the opening credits, like the opening. Yeah, he's in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, Brian James as General Monroe and Tom Tiny Zeus Lister Jr. as President Lindbergh. Pitts Jr., can we just call him Listerine? Sure. Why don't you call him that? I will. All right. And yet, uh, well, he can swing at me all day with his cross eyed ass. You heard me. Can't act. So he's dead. Um, That's right. I don't even know if he's dead. I'm just assuming he will Did be. He- Twenty-two, wow. coming for you. And no, but, <laughs> said with a mouthful of cake. Yeah, and swagger. <laughs> Rob's looking to battle but mostly cake. Twenty-two is coming yeah. for somebody. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, also, just to quickly get ahead of the corrections department, 
She had already been in Dazed and Confused by this point, so... Yeah, well, everyone was in Dazed and Confused. That's true, confused. But, <laughs> but did she show her titties? Probably. <laughs> All right. Did she come up with her own language? She definitely didn't do that. All right. Can she still Well, no, no one, no one like, recorded it. Or... I wonder if she's teaching her kids this language mm. with Paul W. Anderson. <laughs> I hope so. All right. I, I dare to argue that the scripts for uh, Resident Evil movies are written in this language. <laughs> that would explain like a lot of what yeah. what happens. Like there were only a select few people on set that could actually know yeah. what's going on. Like, there's definitely something lost in translation here. But what is the name of the language? Do we have a name on the language? Can we buy books? I I don't think none that you want. They they mentioned something about it, whatever its ancient language name, but uh, I need the Rosetta Stone expansion. Yeah, it's the um, ancient language of the gods or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> squiggle, so squiggle, squiggle Yeah, we we start the movie with um, you know, these like the supreme uh, Manda Chiwen aliens that are like the protectors of the universe. I guess they look like Walmart shoppers. Um, yeah, they they come showing up to to Earth in Egypt in 1914, and we see this professor. He's you know looking at some uh, not so hiero hieroglyphics on a on a tomb wall. I thought it was Judd Hirsch at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> professor, not Judd Hirsch. Yeah, uh, he was speaking like Italian or something, maybe French. I don't know. There's this adorable little scamp Aziz who has to. His whole job is to hold up a mirror. Uh, I think he's paid in not beatings for doing so, and um, he is falling asleep holding a mirror. So every five minutes, he's like Aziz, light. And um, I, I wanted to jump in and help this kid out and just be like, just strap it to your back and just fall asleep. It's yeah, fine. just f- put a fucking chair there, like yeah, just, or just lean it against the wall right behind you. So he's like sitting against the wall. Yeah. Asleep, which is what he was well, doing. Well, imagine you can't have it just anywhere because the, the point is to aim it at whatever the guy yeah, needs. You, but I know you'd have to keep adjusting it a bit. But like either way, all right. So uh, needless to say, that line did cause me to yell that quite often when I couldn't find a light switch for <laughs> for years afterwards. You nice. couldn't find a light switch for years afterwards. Yeah, I've been yeah. into dark for a while. Jeez. Um, Sorry, Joe. So Five times. Uh, we we get a we get a Luke Perry here. Apparently, this was somewhat of a big deal at the time. Well, yeah, this was ninety seven. So yeah. this would have been the height of the Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero shit. Well, so. I think he was wasn't he the bad boy on that set that was not Shannon Doherty. He was like number two bad boy. Well, he was the bad boy character. She well, but, was the bad boy behind the scenes. No, I thought he had the bad boy like drug problems. Oh, maybe uh, Sharon Doherty. I think just cut everyone. Yeah. Until uh, they they told her you just can't show up to the set anymore. I think that's right. <laughs> like, it's a damn safety hazard. <laughs> so anyway, was she was she cutting bitches? She was. She had issues with a lot of people. A lot. Yeah. Now it's unclear, or at least for me, it's never been clear if she was the problem or if it was uh, spelling that was the issue. But, or drugs. Or drugs. But I know they, they tried it again with Charmed and it ended the same way. Yep. So. She was on Charmed, too. Oh, yeah. All right, so... Well, the first season of it. This professor's like, he does some kind of bullshit math and uh, finds out that 5,000 years 
um, f or every 5,000 years, a great evil comes to Earth, and you gotta get these five <coughs> elements to fight it. You know, you got four, the normal four elements, and then, like, some asshole stands in the middle and does something, and that purges great Captain evil. Planet. Yeah. Yeah, he's the fifth element. Yeah, and then uh, this random monk guy in a brown coat shows up, and he's like, oh, I gotta poison everyone. They found out the secret that I wrote on the fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> that? Like, <laughs> why didn't, you know, I fucking hide this somewhere? Yeah, there's so much about this I did not understand any of. Yeah. Like, just, why did you let them in in the first place yeah. if you didn't want them finding any of this yeah. shit? Like, chip, chip some of it away while they're not looking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the uh, the monks here in this movie pass everything on through oral tradition anyway, like, yeah. you know, or this one book that they have. Like, why do they fucking have to have a wall that says it all? Or, at the very least, you know what it is. You're going to pass the tradition down. Yeah. You're going to tell whoever else. Just go in at night and change all the people to wangs. Yeah. You know? Just, just like, we got to get the five dicks. Like, yeah. yeah, the guy would just be like, uh, I think these are the elements. They're all around one central dick. I, I don't know. Yeah. I got nothing. I'm going home. I got to say, that fifth dick, <laughs> that thing's it, massive. It looks special. It'll Apparently, it it'll fires work. a beam at yeah. evil. <laughs> so, and I mean, evil Aziz. won't come back for 5,000 years. Aziz. Get me a paper and pencil. <laughs> it's time for some rubbings. <laughs> I need some rubbings. There's boobs and dicks on all of these characters. <laughs> so anyway, so... It would also help explain why masculinity has been such a problem for so many years. Because mm -hmm. we were told the ancient prophecy of how some guy's dick is going to save the world. I'm sorry, Tony. Has masculinity hurt you? <laughs> Very much. Okay. Do you need a hug, Tony? Do we have to have a hug break? No, he's... Not, not, he's afraid of our male gaze, Joe. <laughs> yeah, don't look at me. No, we could, you could hug Goliath over there. I'll hug Goliath. Goliath's the most masculine one here. Yeah, yeah. Look, he looks triumphant over there. Yeah. Anyway, we'd rather talk about toys than this movie. <laughs> so, I think his um, arms are varicose. Luke Perry's like, fuck drinking your poison water. I'm going to break out some sort of devil wine I have in my... Uh, <laughs> Case. It had like just a picture of the devil. <laughs> it had, like, yeah, it does yeah. have like the devil from Cuphead drawn on it. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> it is the devil. <laughs> yeah, and we get a visit from the Mondachi winds, and they are Fat. arguably the dumpiest looking alien. <laughs> it's like I've people of Walmart have it has a had like a Star Wars concert. Or and wow, that, that statement I just made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those were words. <laughs> they were. No, they're like they're like hobbling down out of their spaceship. Mm -hmm. They got cankles. I mean, simply the fact that they're completely encased in an HEV suit is the only thing preventing you from hearing what must be the worst heavy breathing oh, in the gosh. world. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh. it's like you. I don't know. They, their whole thing is about bringing about the perfect human. Mm -hmm. Yet they are the most imperfect, or at least. Not very functional of aliens. <laughs> Welcome well, to the KKK. Like, they're like, look at us. We got to do something to offset this. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. At one point, one of them has to move briskly and it costs him his life. <laughs> He's like, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, they wear, they wear these big plates over their back. They like, like bugs or something. Probably to so, like, hide the shit stains going yeah, up halfway I mean, their backs. I like, I like the... the I like elements of this design. Yeah. And I would say from the waist up, I think you could save it from the waist yeah. up. 
but they're wearing these like stripy weird pants with a fupa and <laughs> like an armored fupa and then they're like the armored way they're by fat yeah the way they're walking is what like can me. only be described as a waddle yeah it, it seems as though they're, I don't know what's going on inside, if they are these suits or if they're in these suits, but it's essentially, it seems to be the space equivalent of that uh, one kid from A Christmas Story who got, you know, yeah. like all the jackets. <laughs> wearing too much. Yeah, they can't move their arms and legs. Maybe there's just, like, too many ceremonial, like, things you have to yeah, put maybe. on. I mean, every year yeah. we put another layer on. Yeah. Just... Or maybe <clears throat> McDonald's has more of a presence in this movie than we even thought. <laughs> I would not put it past them. All right, so they show up, and like one of them's like, "My key, my finger is a key. Let's open up this wall." The professor's like, "Oh man, this is crazy." And the alien's like, "I'm gonna look at you, and you're gonna die." He slays the professor from 300 yards away Did he- with mine bullets. <clears throat> Did he slay? I thought he just put him to sleep. Well, no, because Luke Perry checks, and he says the professor's yeah. dead. Luke Perry seems to be under the impression he's dead, and we never Did, see now, him again. Now, check, so, or just look and see that he was lying down. This is the thing. I do, Again, I was, don't know. Yeah, because he, he was just, like, flip, flipping out and tripping over everything. Uh, yeah, I don't... But, like... According to Luke Perry, they're dead. Yeah, That's all we have to yeah. work with. Because, but they, also, because up until this point, they've done nothing. Like, they don't even fight back when they're getting shot at. By yeah. these other guys. So I have a feeling they're totally peaceful. Yeah, no, there's no way they well, they can reach for the controls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they killed that dude. I think I, they just made him pass out. I don't know, because I, I, I don't think they're necessarily, like, evil or anything, but I think it was, a, they said, you know, like, this guy is too close to this information and we need to keep it quiet, so take him out. Yeah. Yeah, but like Aziz but, and Luke Perry both heard the information. Well, that's the part where I'm like, what the hell is happening? Because, well, like, why leave Luke Perry there with the gun? Like, also, I'd be like, hey, uh, what's that over there? Zap. Why is the information dangerous? I, I guess... Because the fucking uh, Zorg and the Mangalores will yeah, come and kill you. Because apparently... <laughs> spoiler alert. How old is Zorg? The, the evil... Fireball in the sky. Yeah, Unicron. If yeah, Unicron. <laughs> if it finds out where this, th- like the thing that can stop it is, it will try and stop it, which is what happens basically. Yeah, it it's able to recruit henchmen surprisingly well. I mean, I guess it can just call you on the phone and make you bleed black goop from your forehead. So <laughs> just, that's a pretty convincing argument. Just, like, it just yells at you until a bird flies yeah. by and shits on your yeah, it's face. It's like, stop pouring soy sauce on me. I'll <laughs> yeah. do whatever you want. So, uh, so anyway. Um, goop out of nowhere spell. The Mandachiwins go into this this tomb and they um, they take these uh, these stones, put them in a little case um, and then they, uh, they take this sarcophagus that has like a fairly androgynous figure yelling up at the sky on it. And, um, yeah, they just float all that out and onto their ship. When Luke Perry's suddenly like, I'm going to be a fucking hero. You know, sort of. We're taking our shit and going yeah. home. The um, the monk that just tried to poison everyone is just like, Billy, look at me! <laughs> Luke Perry's <laughs> like, there's literally the dumbest looking alien in the world behind you. I can't help but look at it. <laughs> Head. Um, he like lets loose with like a three round burst from his auto pistol, and again, and the the aliens don't even react to that. Yeah, 
No, no retribution whatsoever. Well, again, they could not have killed the professor. They can't have they, killed him. Well, again, aliens don't seem to be able to react to that yeah. very much. So, so, so. But they could have given him the laser yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. So he fucking, he just fires a burst at this gun that he has no control over. The bullets don't hit anything, and the the tomb wall's just like, okay, we're gonna close. <laughs> and and so the the monk runs out of the tomb and is like, come on, hurry up. And the Mandachiwan doesn't even try. He's, He's like, like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just need to sit for a minute. Yeah, he basically I'm says... Running. It's fast. <laughs> he I'm says, possible. like, time, you know, I'm I'm too fat to, to yeah. do that. He rephrases it as, like, time is not important. You know, can you, can you just bring me the remote? I'll just die in uh, here. Can't. I live here now. <laughs> and it's like, Here's the key. You can just open the door. Right, your again. finger is the key. Why can't? Well, how <laughs> yeah. is he stuck? I don't understand. Just well, that's, open it. The dumbass just shoves his arm in the door and gets it crushed. It's like, throw me the key, dude. Move a little faster. You hover it over with your hover technology you were just using on the sarcophagus. I don't know. Either way, yeah. throw it past the door. Yeah. Once the door closes, I'll use it to open the door. You can waddle out in your so, sweet time. This dumpy bastard gets his hand crushed in the door, giving the, the key to the monk. The monk runs out. He's like, he's like, what are we going to do? We're going to need these when evil shows up. And the, the Manuchiwans are like, all right, 300 years, we'll bring it back. It's just not safe here. Fucking Luke Perry found it. Who knows who else is going to find it? <laughs> yeah, Luke Perry can find it. <laughs> Any idiot. Yeah. All right, we're taking it. So they fly off, and the monk's like, all right, I'll pass this knowledge on to, you know, to others or whatever, and uh, see you in 300 years. Cuts to 300 years in the future now, and uh, we see, like, an imitation Star Destroyer. <laughs> we, see, just, we just see imitation yeah. Star Wars happening yeah, right before just our very ba eyes. Basically, someone sanded the points off a of Star Destroyer <laughs> and sent that out, and um, that's flying towards this, like, big, like, cloud of fire um and uh do you think they were just like you know we can use your star destroyers now you can use our masks to make your racist yeah, aliens that's later. basically it it was a trade yeah it's a trade-off so it's all a bunch of inbreeding that's just what happened so they um fly towards this cloud it's like this uh you know this human warship when they're on the phone with the president, who happens to be Zeus from No Holds Barred, or Nebo from Friday. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just him just him being there and playing just a restrained, rational person, it is a nice contrast. I like, I the, mean, I like the casting. It doesn't work, but yeah, it's a nice contrast. Oh, I mean, I thought it was I, I thought think it, was it funny. works. His acting is not well, that's, the greatest. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I mean, that yeah. it doesn't work, is that it's like... Cause you're just watching it, and you're like, "This is it's just like any yeah. other time they get a, a basketball player, or a baseball mm -hmm. player to try." But and it's consistent like with hero. everyone else in this movie is either overacting or underacting to some degree. Like you have like yeah. a Bruce Willis phoning it in. You have Mila Jovovich is probably the only one playing her character correctly. I mean, <laughs> um, you got Chris Tucker's up to like up till eleven. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's he's all the, he's off the grid. But yeah. I, I wouldn't say Bruce Willis was phoning it in. Like this is probably the yeah. This is not this might Bruce be Will one of his last. This is very toned down Bruce Willis, but it's well, not him phoning yeah. it. There's a no, difference. Yeah, fair enough. He's not phoning in, but he is. He's definitely the like the volume's been turned down on Bruce. Oh, Willis. Oh yeah, he's sure. dialed yeah. back a lot. 
Yeah. But this is the other thing where, and this does has appreciated now watching it several years later, is there was, again, that kind of thing of, you know, this big dopey guy who looks like he, you know, well, should be a wrestler because he mm-hmm. kind of was and everything. And I'm like, he would, we would never elect a guy like that president. And now I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. He's awfully lively. I mean, <laughs> no, you know, he he lost the next year to Dwayne Herbert Mountain Dew Camacho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he hasn't pissed himself in six minutes. We're yeah. doing great. Um, And yes, he achieved the office of president by beating up, by challenging and defeating the one before him in combat. Yeah, I was going to say, by uh, challenging his opponent and crushing his head between his thighs. <laughs> Indeed. That's how he became president. All right. All right. So... They're like, I don't know what this thing is. Just fucking shoot at it. And um, you see uh, Ian Holm, who is uh, named Victor Cornelius. Uh, he, like, the script writer couldn't figure out which one of those cool first names to go with. So it's <laughs> like, fuck it, it's both. Yes, which one of those cool names? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just call him Bilbo for the rest for of the For Bilbo, yes. <laughs> Bilbo, um, he's... He's like, hey, uh, don't shoot at that, because uh, it's not going to do anything, and it's going to kill you. Yeah, that's the villain of the movie, guys. Yeah, it's like, I got a plan. This is totally the part of the movie where he gets his heat. So, like, those guys are just fucking dead. The president's like, you know, well, if it's a villain, then we should just shoot it. You know, maximum firepower, pew pew. Right. This is also, again, that part where I'm just like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, hey, now that you have a ship there aiming its guns at this thing, I'm going to choose now to tell you I don't think that's a good idea, rather than, you know, a month ago when this thing showed up or something, be like, let's just leave that alone. Well, presumably it just showed up then. I don't know. Uh, It is also worth pointing out, because it's a consistent thing throughout the entire movie, Uh, if you have not seen Fifth Element, all of the costumes in Fifth Element are as if you had, like, a off-the-charts, drugged-out, like, um, Parisian fashion designer be like, all right, make me a pilot costume. And then they would like make something that you'd walk down a runway yeah. and claim as a pilot, but is just like, you know, full of weird colors and unnecessary parts. And Excuse me, should there really be a cutout for my dick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, number one is, like you said, this is all stuff you'd see on Fashion Week, but never out in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> but. And it's, it is literally like every costume in this movie. I mean, They're, it's cool when I hit zero G's, but I tend to sit on my balls a lot. It's, it's, <laughs> it's problematic. Well, this also, um, largely due to numerous comments from Rob throughout watching this, uh-huh. this led me to believe, uh, we talked before when we watched Aliens, that, uh, that was a lovely style of future that I liked. Yeah. That I referred to as 80s future with the big, like, heavy, you know, levers and things yep. like that. This is 2020 TikTok future. Yeah. <laughs> Where just, yeah, everyone's like an influencer and just everything's shiny and like half cuts on everybody. So at least every, every other scene, at least there is a point where you're like, what are you wearing? <laughs> and why? And why? Like, why is that what you chose to put on today? Um, and that starts here, right in the president's office. Yeah. Like, the military uniforms, you're like, okay, that's a military uniform. I get it. But, like, the pilots in the ship have weird, like, head things. They got, like, a fucking hair curlers at the salon going. <laughs> and um, also the president's uh, right-hand man. I don't know what her 
role actually was um security maybe what the the one that's all like uh that's always giving him like his meetings and stuff yeah yeah it's like a like a winona rider kind of yeah. tiny person I, the whole time i was just like so is she a vulcan because she looks yeah. like a vulcan so, like can you just call her a vulcan no she she looks like um alien resurrection era winona rider oh, yeah um I so she's a Winona Ryder was an alien resurrection. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot to think to forget about <laughs> in Alien Resurrection. Um, <laughs> all right, look at the cast of that. Sometime you no. will be a shock. No. Yeah. So, oh all right, presidents like not. fires the missiles. The missiles they do nothing. Um, the planet hardens and the missiles bounce off. Wait, and then not just do nothing. They make it stronger. Yeah, indeed. And the planet gets bigger. And then. Um, the general uh, on on board the spaceship, he's like, he starts getting some like tinnitus going in his ears. He starts getting some some soy sauce dripping down his forehead. Um, you know, the president's trying to talk to him. He's not responsive, and uh, he's like, "I'm sorry, but this CGI fire that's about <laughs> to be shot at me is the fucking worst." It has a skull in it, and yeah. uh, that's it. That's it for that scene. It's, I think it's a Mortal Kombat yeah. fatality. Yeah. <laughs> that scene's burned to death, and we, we cut to Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis waking up from the, uh, I have an alien popping out of my chest dream. <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, Bruce Willis is uh, supposed to, like, act like everything in this apartment is normal. Like, it's just his apartment. But it's, this is where I strike, it strikes me as, like, Bruce Willis phoning it in it's it is a very toned down bruce wilson he's just like okay i get up yeah i gotta yeah. get my cab well here's the here's the problem i ran into at this scene this is the scene where pretty much the movie ended for me it ended. <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah um because it was at this point where the soundtrack mm -hmm. oh, yeah. drowned out any of the dialogue mm -hmm. not only that the soundtrack made no sense for what was going on, and would not make sense for the rest of the movie. The soundtrack has some issues in this movie. I'll I'll give it that. And like all I could hear is like mumbling, and then the music, and I was just like, "All right, movie, if that's what we're doing, yeah, I'm checking out." So I'm a little with you on that. I'm I'm not like I wasn't fully checked out, but there was a lot where I'm just like, I'm gonna assume I know where they're going with this because I did not hear any of what they just said. Yeah, it was also the start of the like just complete adhd of the movie like quick cuts everybody's yelling all the time that i i believe is intentional yeah least, everybody's like, so, talking over each other just constant noise and so some and of that's i say is a problem some of that i like it, yeah. there's some of the editing in this in this movie i thought like i didn't realize the first time i watched it what was going on but like the second time i saw it i'm like that was really clever like i like how there's scenes that are happening where there's like four or five scenes happening at once that you're jumping between on like specific lines of dialogue. Mm. I mean, that's not happening right now, but talking like a lot of how the film is presented, I like in that regard. Mm -hmm. But there are parts where it is like overwhelming. We're just like, okay, too much stuff is happening right now yeah. for me to know. <laughs> but anyway, um, what do you guys think about individually wrapped beds when you're done with it? You just send that fucker in the no, wall, a new bed not. just pops up. Is, it's is plastic it a, wrapped. No, but it's not a new bed. It's the same bed. It's just wrapped. Now, as far as I can tell, 
your old bed's gone. It's it's in it's in the wall, and a new one just springs up like a like a you magazine. Think, no, that wouldn't explain the, why he is still on it. Yeah, because well, Bilbo was still know. on. The oh, bed. that's true. Okay, so maybe it does like clean it in there or something, and then maybe plastic wrap it clean. We're yeah. assuming it cleans it. Yeah, it could just plastic wrap all that funk yeah. inside. It could, but that would make more sense if the shower has a self cleaning thing. If the bed had like a, it went to a dry cleaner or something yeah. kind of situation. Yeah, no. like it, like a dry cleaned Ian Holm and yeah. wrapped it. Yeah. That, that would be fine. Otherwise, it's just yeah. it's just saran wrapping your bed. Yes. So your cum is always wet. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my thing. Where I'm like, I love how you are just assuming your bed is just drenched in cum. You, you see that? What else does he have to do in that apartment? Yeah. Like what else does he do? Like I mean, well, well okay. He, if we're going that route, he has a hole in the wall for that yeah. kind of thing. All right. There's nobody on the other end of that hole. Nobody on the other end. It's a flashlight or a machine or like everything seems to do. Where he just puts a coffee pot against the wall. It hangs there and makes coffee. Like I'm sure you have something you could you know use to jerk yourself off or whatever. So Bruce Willis he does have a self cleaning shower. Yeah. That's pretty... At this point, Bruce will... Willis may. Have... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, just I, I do want to also throw in though. Just I love. I mean. I'm already in a cramped apartment, so that part doesn't bother yeah. me. Um, but I love this whole thing of the like uh, more efficient room where it's mm-hmm. just everything slides in. It, it, it is a shit. tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> my question, but though, that's my apartment now. Except really? my yeah. bed doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, my wife loves watching those tiny house videos. I'm like, mm, please. So if things are folding up into other slots in the wall and stuff, like. Why don't you just give him that space? Just have everything stay put and just give him that space. Well, but it see, it depends because I don't think we see enough of it. But yeah. it's like the space where the bed is, once you push that in, you probably pull just above that and it's a table you can use. Yeah. And then you push that in and pull that out and that's probably like your stove or something. Well, here's so a fun thought. The, the, the space is always being used. Mm-hmm. So the refrigerator goes down. Yep. And the shower's there. Mm-hmm. I think I know so where you're going with this. Does that mean the person that lives below him gets to use <laughs> his fridge? Oh, yeah. And then the person above him uses the well, shower? Like, so, yeah, if you step in the shower and the person above you calls it, you just, like, show up, like, naked in their house. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's a good question. He's there jerking off. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was also wondering, like, what... It, like, it seemed really gross that the drain for your shower goes into your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a little weird. Little, that's the water. Uh, that's the, you know, you get your little water cup. Oh, yay. <laughs> it's got a little kind of ice dispenser. Oh. Why is this ice so cloudy? All right. So, <laughs> salty. Bruce Willis at this point, he like, he turns to the camera and he's like, look, you've seen my character before. Here's all my combat medals. <laughs> yeah. I have like no points left on my license. Um, you know, my wife left me because I'm Bruce Willis in a 90s movie. And, like, it's just, it's all the standard stuff. Like, Corbin Dallas is just that stock, like, action oh, yeah. hero Corbin guy. Um, so, um... He should be in Space Mutiny. I mean... Yeah, so he goes oh. outside to, like, to get to his, his cab, because he's a cab driver. <laughs> but know, how amazing would this movie have been if it ended with... Bruce Willis versus Gary Oldman in a in like a go kart <laughs> game of chicken. Well, especially if Bruce Willis just like yelled from his cab, yells, then took a moment, yells, got out, stops, yeah. then jumps out. That, ah! 
Um, so he goes to get to his cab, and uh, he is stopped on the way by just a random neighbor guy. Has um, just painted a picture of the hallway on a hat, and has shown that to the camera outside his door, um, such that when Bruce Willis comes outside, he's waiting there with this weird assault rifle mace thing, and um, yeah, whatever this is, yeah. It's got spikes on it. It's the so latest it's thing scary. from Nerf. Yeah. So Bruce Willis is like, hey, that's a nice Nerf gun you got there, but you got to hit the yellow button to to load it. So the guy's like, okay, I'll do that. And then that turns the gun off. And uh, Bruce Willis just takes it. And the guy's like, okay, I got to go. Um, yeah. He, he does a little like, oh, you got me dance. Yes. Well, is he, is he trying to be like a junkie? Or is he just doing like his Bobcat Goldthwait impression? Like, like, give me the cash. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess the idea here is just like they, you know, they look out through the cameras to make sure nobody's there because the people are getting robbed all the time. This guy found a way around it. I don't. I, I, I'm assuming maybe he's a descendant of Ashley Simpson and just mm-hmm. when he got confronted, he, he didn't know what just else to do but dance. a jig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> like, got to be a druggie. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. He's he's definitely you know he's, he's trying to get money druggie. so he can yeah get his his skank or his. Skig or whatever the hell it was from Howard the Duck and shit. Toot. Toot. Oh, right, toot. Where was it? Skag or something? I, I don't that know. Back to the Future 2? Alright, whatever. Either way, so... Dead sticks. Alright. Bruce Willis gets in his cab and flies off. And you see that, like, future New York City is just in the sky because there's just a fog and everything down below is probably just flooded from global warming or fucking ruined. I mean, it's pretty much what you know Los Angeles is right yeah. now. Yeah. The only solution is to build up. Yeah. Just, just build on top of it. <laughs> There's no point. Alright, so admittedly it is a pretty cool visual, though. So, and, and Yeah, and this is something Tony and I discussed while we were watching. The CG in this movie is actually for some parts, pretty yeah. decent. Yeah, no, especially for the time. The worst offender, I think, is that skull fire. Yeah, oh, the, well, the sun. Yeah, the yeah. sun and like the fire effects. Yeah, are yeah a little, fire is always tough. Yeah, but just rough. in general, like it's all, it's all very dated now. Like it's clearly CGI, yeah. but like it's not oh, like offensive CGI. But, like, yeah. like, but, like the vehicles and stuff, like all the cabs and everything. They looked better to me than they did in the Star Wars yeah. prequels. No, like, this yeah. this looked better than like, like Coruscant the in the um the Star Wars prequels, which came out after this. Yeah, too. yeah. So, like I said, they used the well, the animatronic to make it. Yeah. It also helps that the um like the things are like aesthetically interesting to look at. Yeah, like they look lived in. Yeah, and not like just clean and yeah. And this was another uh, again. I left things out, but uh, part of uh, Lupin's whole thing was he wanted, like, a sci-fi movie that wasn't like the other sci-fi movies where, you know, it's not dark hallways, it's not, you know, action all in... in dark hallways. Yeah. yeah. Action happening in, you know, some small cramped space with a bunch of tubes or whatever. Like, he wanted everything to be out in, you know, bright lights and lots of color and, like, he definitely succeeded. You got that. Um, I mean... Honestly, till like like recent cinema, like this is arguably the most colorful sci-fi movie yeah. out there. Like till really the Marvel movies weren't afraid to like put things in, you know, not in the dark. Like yeah. so anyway, so um we cut back to uh, you know, President Zeus here and uh Cornelius is like, Okay, check it out. We got forty eight hours, this thing's gonna come and destroy us. We gotta get the five elements, we gotta get the Mondachiwins here. 
Monachewans are like, we're already on it. We're coming in. Um, don't send like a military escort or anything to meet us. Just let us in. Yeah, that would be stupid. Yeah. Man. Then <clears throat> the the fucking uh, some of the bad guys in this movie they're called the Mangalores, but you are not told that till like pretty much the last scene they're in in the movie. And even then, you can't make out what's being said. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, it comes up a few times actually, but it is one that's with one of those garbled under the you know yeah. music and whatnot, where I was just like. It, the the Mogwais or what? What do you call them? Like doggos? Just yeah. call them doggos. So, yeah, call them doggos. I mean, like because their head has to be a prosthetic. Which don't get me wrong, that's that is cool. Yeah. Their heads are a little too big, but other than that, they look like cool aliens. Oh yeah, yeah no, I got nothing wrong against they, the design. They, and yeah, stuff. their their heads are cool. Their hands are like very obviously just gloves. But, yeah, you know, it still works. Still work. And they, um, you know, there's some. Some cool warriors, they got shape-shifting powers. In this case, they got some, like, pew-pew fighter planes that fly up to this Mondachiwin ship. And the Mondachiwin's just like, I, I can't reach the fire control. <laughs> I, I just, fuck it, let it kill us. <laughs> Has anybody no seen my reaching stick? Yeah. Like, oh, wait, I shouldn't have put the button down by my feet. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm never going to be able to reach this. They don't even try to shoot back. Like, the, the, um... The Mangalores just, like, pump some pew-pews into the side of their ship, and it crashes into some planet. And, um, you know, uh, Cornelius is just like, all right, well, we're fucked. That was, <laughs> that's what needed to happen, and uh, it didn't work. Okay. So, um, whatchamacallit, so, like, the president of space is like, yeah, um. <laughs> president of space. Just get out of here, Cornelius. <laughs> you know, whatever else you know is not going to matter, so fucking go home. We'll deal with this and then um the uh the aliens here their leader agnot he calls up a gary oldman as uh mr zorg and uh it's just it's just gary turn to gary oldman dial uh not leon the professional up but just like the shade below leon the professional i mean so and, i mean half of it is the visuals yeah like the half no hair, half all the hair. Yeah, he's got like he is just the embodiment of TikTok. So he's wearing like this like rainbow sheen like vest with a super high collar. His, it, it can't pick one collar. Just every time he moves, it's something yeah, different. Yeah, he's got the Shira hair or the the um, Tila hair, like mm -hmm. shaved side, just long coming out one side of his head, but the other side of his head is covered by like. Uh, like a plastic light fixture or something, <laughs> like a salad bowl. He's <laughs> That's the future where all those people that currently have that face shield just eventually just turn, turn it to the side. side. Yeah. Like, a, like a hat. Yeah. He's He's got, like, pirate-striped Nazi pants on. Yes. And, <laughs> and he has, like, a limp from a bionic leg or something. Sure. Just because. And then he's got, like, a little soul patch. Mm -hmm. Not even... On his face, it's like it's like a Hitler mustache that just migrated down to his lower lip. It's like he took like a like a bingo blotter, and just, <laughs> yeah, just dabbed him right. Honestly, on his I triggered this whole thing because I mean, obviously the half cut doesn't quite fit, but like basically his haircut and whole aesthetic, I thought Hitler. Mm -hmm. But someone literally did just go like, uh, we can't just have him be Hitler. Just that mustache down to his chin. Yeah, and then okay. they're yeah. like, well, how are you at a foghorn leghorn impression? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Zorg 
he's like, all right, meet me at the warehouse in an hour. We'll uh, we'll do the exchange here because apparently the uh, the Mangalore stole a case from the uh, crash site. So we cut to the one survivor from the crash site, and by a survivor, it is a gauntlet with a little bit of a bone sticking out. But apparently, in the future, if one cell survives, they can rebuild you. Yep. So they're like, let's, let's fire this fucking oh, so, weird machine up. So that was from the explosion? Yeah, that was from yeah. the crash site. Oh, okay. I, I was confused by that. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Don't I, even, I, yeah, I meant we, to correct you later, or correct myself. Yeah, we were like, but. is that the hand that got stuck in the door at the yeah. beginning? <laughs> like, did they find that in Egypt? That's the perfect being. Just too fat to make it through the door. Well, this, this <laughs> gauntlet they found is one of those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, how close is enough. that the perfect being? I don't understand. Apparently, under all that suit. Yeah. Mila Jovovich. Again, like, okay. in, in one of the jump cuts, it literally, it begins with the general just going, you call that a survivor? And the guy's like, once I'll survive, we can build it back. And then that's <laughs> like, all... Like Wolverine. Yeah, that's well, yeah. all you get for that. Yeah, between the talking and, again, some of the music, or some of the dialogue not being very audible, I didn't catch all that, and Rob was asking about it, but I did find out later, because when... Uh, when you see the Mangalores carrying the case, mm-hmm. you can see, like, there's a, a hole in the case. And when they find, when they show the gauntlet, it's holding the handle yeah. for that case and stuff. That is a good point. Okay. So, either way, we got to set this machine to build us a Mila Jovovich. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's admittedly, it's like pretty cool. Do. Like, you know, the resolution on the effects could be a little better, but at the time, that was, was that was awesome effects. It was decent. Effect. It was decent. Yeah. I like the whole kind of, like, microtone sections of the skull being, like, stacked on top of each other by little robot arms <laughs> and um you know they have to bombard it with greasy sunlight to make to force the body to grow skin and so i'm cool with the whole like let's make this person thing that whole process but then they're like thermal bandages and they give mila jovovich this like sexy little like bikini thing well because before that you just you get to see mila's milk yeah duds. you do you do get to see your milk duds but the point, what I'm trying to think is, like, up until that point, they thought it was going to be a dude. And they're like, is that what, the, is that the dude costume, too? Like, is, is that, I mean, sure. is that not? just what everyone that comes out of the machine yeah, is wearing? This, like, yeah, one-piece bathing suit Have with everything cut out? Have you seen what else is wearing? Like, so, it's pretty. I mean, it's it checks out, I'm saying. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just... There's also the weirdness of, like. It was just... a full diaper. Yeah, well, he says, it was yeah, full he says diaper. Thermal bandages. And we just see this thing that kind of wraps these seat belts around yeah. her or whatever. But like, once you get the full uh, vision of her, she's—it's clearly like a tailored thing. It's like, yeah, it's got you know sewing in the little piece to connect the the thing around her neck to the thing around her chest. Yeah, and everything. so like somehow it picked up a crotch. Yeah, like, it's it's just future magic. I don't know. I you know yeah. whatever. Um. So yeah, I mean, they just rebuilt a person from a cell. They could build a little. Yeah, diaper. I mean, were you hoping that she'd thing. just be like hanging bush through the whole rest of the movie? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I or don't... if it were a guy just hanging dong. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying, I don't know how it works, but it you just it's like Joe just said with the you just recreated a person somehow you created an outfit. I yeah. don't know how it works. Just go with it. I don't know. Right. How, yeah, I want to know how she poops in that. So the general has like his his multi pass in that. Can allow him to uh, just exterminate this thing if it came out like awful, mm-hmm. um, and he's just like, "Oh, boner alert! Pull that thing right out of the slot and walk over to the cage." He's like, "Can she get out of there?" And the guy's like, "Nope." 
he's like, excellent. <laughs> he like walks over and starts oogling her. And, and at this point, she's speaking, you know, her whatever her language is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, her, her Nell talk. Her Nell talk, yeah. And that, you know, the general's okay. like, shut up and speak American. And she's like dangling the multipasser. He's <laughs> like, or I'll fucking exterminate you. And she responds by just punching through the tube she's in, grabbing the general and just smashing his face against the, uh, the tube, taking his multipass and letting herself out. And I like the the look of surprise on everyone's faces. Like security comes in and she's like, "Where am I going? I'm the wall's tinfoil. I'm just gonna jump <laughs> through the wall." Going there. And I liked the look of surprise on everyone when they're like, I, "I never even thought to do that. Why did we build the wall out of tinfoil?" I didn't think anyone would actually like test it out. <laughs> you know, just don't lean on it. It's fine. Yeah. So she escapes out the side of the building mm-hmm. and is like. Completely overwhelmed when she sees the outside world. Oh, well, yeah. Just all the crap happening around her. Several stories up, and there's flying cars and all kinds of shit. I, I don't get the train that goes down the side of the building. Like, wouldn't that be an elevator? But it's like, you look at the way the windows are arranged, I'm like, that train is just going up and down. Yeah, I that's, I don't know. But I, I couldn't tell if that was meant to be more yeah. like a really fast elevator if that was like a full-on train or how far down it goes maybe it has like artificial gravity and it does like roller coaster stuff where it levels out and can go uh that's what i would have imagined actually can we just have a roller coaster as a means of commute that would be pretty cool sure anyway give a shot so um the the popo shows up and they're wearing Mondo Chiwin inspired police costumes, I guess. They're wearing this armor that's like super bulky and it has a giant spotlight on the front of it and like this weird face mask. They're it's it's an interesting look for the cops. Um and they're like, like Yeah, that. we'd come over and get you, but we can't fit through the tunnel and this whole rig. Um and those are on Mondo Chiwin inspired diets as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> so Well I think it I will say, I think it's a little less we couldn't fit through the tunnel and more just we're trying to get her away from the ledge. Mm-hmm. But, because he does eventually go out yeah. there. Though I honestly don't think those actors could bend over in that. Oh, probably. Costume. Yeah, realistically, <laughs> probably not. So, I'm not sure they could do it outside of costumes. So anyway, um, a hover cop car flies up and she's like, I don't know, just jumping off things seems to be working. So yeah, just fucking jump off the building. Crash right into Bruce Willis's car. Yeah, she's she found herself in the crash cab. Yeah. <laughs> ben wow. Bailey just immediately starts asking her trivia. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> Okay, I'll let you out here. All right. Bye yeah. bye now. <laughs> I am sorry, but that is the wrong answer. <laughs> Capital of Dubai is not. <laughs> so. They're like, all right. <clears throat> so they're having this this moment where like the cops show up and Bruce Willis is all like, "Oh well, <laughs> you're hot, but you're a wanted criminal, so I guess I better let you uh, let you get caught here." And she, on my last shit, sees this like little Sarah McLaughlin poster in the back of his mm-hmm. cab, like says, "Please help." It's like feed orphans or whatever, mm-hmm. and so she learns some English. <laughs> Plus help. And she she gives him the, the teary eyes. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, God damn it. Yeah, the teary eyes, that's right. The, I can see your nips through your little... Well, that helps, too. Little yeah. seatbelt costume. Yeah. 
The thing that just bugs me is how far he lets us go before he makes a move. Mm-hmm. Like, once you, you know, you open the door for the cops, they're attached to your car, like, let it go. Like, yeah. Now you you're going to make your move. It was before that. But. So so the cops are like, we can rebuild her from one cell? Okay, open fire. <laughs> <laughs> so Bruce Willis just takes off. And yeah. We cut to future McDonald's, where the cops are in the drive-thru. And everyone working at McDonald's is hot. Um, and it has to wear a costume with boobs cut out. Oh, my gosh. So I can only think of, like, people who work at McDonald's now wearing costumes with the boobs cut out. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, boy. (laughs) Alarm sirens are going off. (laughs) Y'all don't have this in 4X. Yeah. No, that's one where I imagine it's, you know, again, Mm multi-story apartment buildings, whatever. Those top tier ones are those McDonald's with the hot yeah. ladies. The lower tier ones by that smog is where you get like current. Y'all got these double sided. I want to air out my back titties too. <laughs> you still, either way, they're still wearing the costume. Um, so, yeah, all right. All right it's it's your standard car chase. I mean, it's a flying car I mean, chase, and it, that's pretty cool. I but. would not call it a standard car chase because uh, the music. Yeah, it's not. It's so not bad. Good. It's so. It does not matter. It's like it sounds like Super Mario freaking Desert World music, and that's before the Bollywood shit starts playing. Like mm. it's it's rough. Um, so, so through a yeah, series of maneuvers, odd. he gets the police to crash into a McDonald's truck. <laughs> Another McDonald's truck. Yep. And I'm, I'm like, wait. So when does Max start dancing on one of these cop cars <laughs> in his little bear costume? <laughs> God, that scene was so fucking weird. Anyway, um, so she's like, all right, take me to Victor Cornelius. I'm going to pass out. Don't grope me or anything. And <laughs> as you have to say, yeah. anytime you pass out at a McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just, I don't know why. Tony's crying right now. <laughs> I just imagine... For this, for whatever reason, instead of little Mac dancing on the, on the counter, it's Nicolas Cage from Wicker Man in the Bear <laughs> Okay. Just punching uh, everyone. Yeah, right. Just still doing the dance yeah. with the McDonald's employees for no reason. All right, guys, listening at home, I would like to advise you not to combine <laughs> chocolate cake, smart food with crunch berries, and peach mango, angry orchard cider. It'll apparently make you go loopy doops. So, yeah, it's been a rough week. All right. All right. So, um, all right. He takes uh, what you call? He takes uh Dallas over to uh Cornelius's. I mean, Dallas takes uh Lilu over to Cornelius's place. Um, Cornelius is like, oh, cool. Um, I'm gonna go put on my supreme being robes, and uh, aka everything in my closet. That's right. And um. You know, you just sit here and uh, don't don't try to kiss her. He's like, try to kiss her? Got, Got it. it. <laughs> and she immediately has his gun and is, like, yelling some gibberish at her. He's, like, you know, trying to get her to um, exchange names. He finds out her name's Lilu. He's Corbin Dallas. Um, Cornelius comes back in the room literally wearing everything in his closet. And he's like, Corbin, get the fuck out! <laughs> Throws him out. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Get so, away from my precious. Corbin flies home in his shot-up cab, and he has to talk to uh, his buddy that's, like, his dispatcher. His name is Finger. And he's like, 
Fingers like, uh, so you at least get a fair? And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, she was about 5'8", red hair. Her name's Lilu. Yeah, I did not um, get this. It's quite fortuitous that my bed is wrapped in plastic. <laughs> uh, is she really 5'8"? I don't know what he said. Huh. No, he did say, he said 5'9", I think. Maybe. That's my height. And I'm not the she tallest guy, but. Yeah, Mila Jovovich is, is not tiny. Yeah. yeah could be. But it, I just, yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess we don't know enough about their relationship to begin with, but he's just like, you know, telling his dispatcher about his fantasy world. Yeah, we never meet know. Finger. Yeah. He, oh, well, and we're done with him in the movie now. Yeah. He sounds like iced tea. Yeah. So, either way, he's like jacking off on the saran wrap bed. Yeah. And um, we okay. have to, at it's this not, point... Is it saran wrap at this point? I don't know what it is. I think it's, it still was, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's like, why why unwrap it if I'm going to freaking just blast one out first? It's going to go back in the wall yeah. and just press that between the sheets of saran wrap. So. <laughs> like a Jackson Pollock painting. So, anyway, um, we cut back to, uh, you know, Lilu here. And I have to. I call this the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I, have to give a fat chat commendation here. In the future, all you have to do is you oh, just yeah. take a bouillon cube, put that motherfucker in the microwave, and it becomes a whole chicken. They stole that shit from Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where, where he got it. <laughs> but I like Not how, from like Star Trek but, or a million yeah, other things that had done it prior. Damn, she likes chicken. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Supreme Being got a supreme appetite. She I ate like. So. She had just a whole plate of bones. Like, she ate that thing down to the skeleton, threw those in the trash, and she's just like, God, And, like, <laughs> throws another bouillon cube in the microwave, starts, you know, tearing through another one. Cornelius is like, all right, I know you want to eat chicken, but uh, we got to, like, fucking find the stones. That's not making you This, this yeah. is where I, I was appreciating more of, like, the comedic beats of it. Because, like, him saying, you know, what he's, like, having this sexual fantasy on the phone or whatever, and, like, she was perfect, and it just cuts to her with like this chicken bone in yeah. her mouth, like oh, like a duet. What the fuck? So, yeah, she's not too worried about the um, the case being stolen. As Cornelius tells her. So we cut to Zorg, and um, Zorg's like, he's like, this is the I have to be evil scene because one of his aides is like, hey, um, they recommend we should fire five hundred thousand people. He's like, fire a million, just do it. I'm evil. Yeah. yeah. And Who, then who's recommending? Just they, the yeah. Okay, just whoever, the shareholders. I don't know. Um, so we uh, we meet up. Zorg meets up with the uh, Mangalores, and we see uh, their leader is just you know your standard. Um, he's a very like uh, generic looking bald man. Walks in and um, yeah, uh, what's his name? Um, Zorg is like, yeah, take that face off. It sucks. And so it turns out it's one of the Mangalores. They're shapeshifters for, like, no reason. But, um... Well, for reasons later. Yeah. Basically. Well, I guess their whole thing <coughs> is, um, the government has scattered them around, and maybe they have, they've learned to ship, to shapeshift, to blend in, or whatever. Um, because they're fighting, they're, like, rebel rebels against the government, or whatever. Anyway, like, Zorg's like, check it out. I have the fucking awesomest gun ever. I got four crates of them. Let me show you this fucking thing. And he um, he busts out the ZF-1. Um, it's just a Halo Needler. and uh, But this is before Halo, my friend. It's true. <laughs> and it's, it's more than a Halo Needler. 
Mm. So first off, um, the gun is is supposedly lightweight, uh, even though it carries a three thousand round magazine. Sure, sure. Um, Undetectable by metal mm-hmm. detectors. Breaks down into four parts. Um, it, you know, besides firing fully automatic, it has a replay feature where you fire one bullet and then all the other bullets you fire just curve and hit where that bullet Turn hit. Into Roger Rabbit bullets. Yeah. yeah. And he demonstrates that by spraying the crowd of Mangalores with bullets that all immediately turn around and hit the the target dummy. Uh, But besides that, for funsies, it has a rocket launcher, it has poison arrows, it has a net launcher, it has a flamethrower, and a cryogenic freezing thing. And we're like, yo, are we going to see this gun do any of that later? Like, is Bruce Willis going to get one? Not really. No. No. That's pretty much it right there. You know, you might shoot some bullets from it later. That's all you get. Uh, yeah, it didn't really hit me, but that is, like, we spent so much time explaining what the gun does for no reason. Yeah. It's like, there's a movie um came out in the 90s, not very good, but um, so the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Eraser, you yeah. see that one with the rail guns? Mm. That movie, the one thing I'll say that it did right was it was like, all right, there's this cool gun, shoot through walls, it has like x-ray scope. All that, and they're like, yeah, we're going to give that to Arnold at the end, and he's going to go on a fucking rampage with it, because it's a fucking cool gun. Like, this movie's like, nope, not doing that. I know, it's like Chekhov's gun, except with uh, a gun. Yeah. Yeah, but it's basically, it's just a scene where he's showing off cool military stuff or whatever that he's going to give to them for doing his work for him, but like... We didn't, it just could have been a gun. Like, we didn't need yeah. to be, like, we didn't need to spend 10 minutes explaining it because. I still like it. I want a ZF. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, should we call it? Um, he, the, uh, Mangalores are like, all right, here's your case. You know, it's got four stones in it. I'm giving you four crates of guns. Gary Oldman opens it up. There's no stones in it. And it cuts immediately back to Lilu laughing. And they're like, yeah, we knew they were going to steal that shit. So, uh, we sent them. <laughs> we sent them with a decoy. You know, I'm gonna find the address. Everything's cool. Uh, and so, in home, you know, Cornelius, he's like, "We're saved." And then it cuts to Gary Oldman. He's like, "I'm screwed." And uh, he just flips out. He just starts yelling at everyone. He's like, "What the fuck?" You know, you had to get me a case. You didn't even open it to look inside or whatever. And they're like, "Yo, we're, we're warriors or not?" We said, "Get a case. We get a case." And so he's like, well, you're not getting any of these guns. So the, the Mangalores are like, yeah, we're, we have a lot of guns. There's a lot of us. So he's like, fine, leave them one crate and take the rest. And they leave. And, uh, he says something that I didn't realize first few times I've seen this movie, but I like his line about, he's talking about how he hates honor. And he's like, honor's gotten billions of people's killed. He's like, I like a killer, you know, just cool, clean, efficient. And, um, he, uh, Says a killer, you know, the fir- when they picked up the ZF-1 would immediately notice the red button and ask, what does this do? And it cuts to the uh, Mangalores fiddling with the guns, and then uh, one of them just pushes the button, and of course it's self-destruct. And, uh, you know, cool guys don't look at explosions. Neither does Gary Oldman. Um, and, like, his assistant, like, freaks out from the bomb behind him, but Gary Oldman's unfazed. And, uh... Yeah, we cut it to um, friggin' Lilu. She gives herself some makeup. She, like, gets changed in front of these monks. And um, she's now in her outfit for the rest of the movie, which is, like, the shortest of shorts, a little white T-shirt, some weird boots, and this orange 
over the clothes bikini thing. I don't know what it is. It looks like the swimsuit from Borat. Yeah. But just <laughs> worn over clothes. And I couldn't tell, like, I spent the whole time, like, in my head questioning, is this, like, future fashion? Or is this, like, we let our four-year-old dress themselves? Well, I, it, and I mean, that's it. It's, it's we let our four-year-old dress themselves with future fashion. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Also, you know, she, there was no way it was working out well. Where did she get this outfit from? They gave it to her. They just found a pile of clothes. They, like, they said, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they his, have it, but they said something about, like, here's clothes. His yeah, super got, nervous guy assistant went out and scrounged it. Just picked it off a dead hooker. Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't find her any underwear. No. Nope. Please. He's like, we're not going to bother with that. That's what the shorts are. Yeah. The orange thing is the clothing. The, the, the shirt and the shorts are the underwear. Mm -hmm. clothes. Maybe that's it. Maybe that was meant to be her underwear, and she's just wearing it at the outside. <laughs> it could I be. That could be, too, yeah. But it's made out of, like, craft foams. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, why does uh, Bruce Willis have the back of his tank top cut out? Future. Yeah, it's just <laughs> what you do in the future. Yeah. Um, it's like, like what I was talking about before with the McDonald's employees. <laughs> back gets sweaty. You gotta, yeah. gotta vent that shit. Mm -hmm. So... All right, so Zorg's like, all right, pointless scene time. Grab Corn He sends his goons to grab Cornelius, pulls Cornelius into his office. He's like, I'm going to friggin' just tell you about myself. You know, I, I served chaos. I'm going to break this glass. Now all these robots show up. Those robots had to come from somewhere. Somebody had to build them. You know, and that my jobs let them, uh, you know, make other babies and propagate the circle of life. So you see, we're not different. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so he, his whole argument is that chaos is better than order because his breaking the glass made the robots necessary, which made the people that created the robots necessary. So in reality, his chaos is creating jobs and livelihoods for people. Yeah, so all these things that restored order. Which is bullshit, yeah. because stuff happens accidentally. All he did by destroying a glass on purpose was just ruin a glass. Yeah. Well, that is the real thing. It's like, I, I, I kind of get what he's saying, and like the status quo is not going to do much, but or whatever, but like you said, like chaos doesn't need help. It just happens. Right. He's his yeah. claim and is all other things know, are to restore order, so it's innovation just, requires chaos to be necessary, yeah. I guess, but also this giant fireball of a planet that's hurtling towards us, it's it's not like it's gonna kill a few people and leave. Right. Like it's Yeah. So um, meanwhile, though, he then, you know, chaos strikes him and he chokes on a cherry. Because he decides to put one cherry in a glass. Yeah. And drink it. Yeah. What? Um, what? Rob, it's, uh, this is our 2022, uh, TikTok future. That's how you get McCoy. Yeah. Oh, the one cherry challenge. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I honestly think his desk just malfunctioned. Or possibly white call. I don't know what. Whatever. Yeah, his desk malfunctioned was just like cherry in water, and like he's like, well, I'm not gonna look like an idiot. I guess I'm just gonna drink it. <laughs> so he's choking on this thing, and he's got his little control pad on his desk, and he's he's pounding on this. And his desk. Let's talk about this desk's features. Yeah. You have button-down shirt launcher, mm -hmm. uh, explosive Rolodex, yeah. and then some sort of fucking wuzzle is yep. just in a compartment. 
It looked like Listen. Will. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was like Will with an elephant trunk coming coming out the front of his face. Like I said, somebody somewhere in the future has some kind of fleshlight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got it. a wuzzle. I, mean, I don't want to look. I don't want to ask questions. At least later on, he is holding it and like cuddling it. <laughs> yeah, he is. But when he's done, he's just like fuck it. It goes in the desk. <laughs> He just mm-hmm. shoves it in that compartment. Why not? So none of those buttons he pressed called his secretary. <laughs> yeah. No, they did lock the door, though, so they couldn't <laughs> yeah. get in. And then he, like, he's looking at the wuzzle like, help. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the wuzzle's like, you gotta take your pants off yeah. first. <laughs> I, I imagine the wuzzle's trunk was just trying to get in his pants. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so then Ian Holm just slaps him on the back. He spits the cherry over the wuzzle that looks at him like, that's not supposed to happen yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> then, uh, um, Normally, it's not fruit you get in my eye. You usually <laughs> tell me to close my eyes. Yeah. Uh, normally, you give me a warning for so, my face. Yeah, so then Zord just like, fuck it, you're out of here. You spared my life, so I'll spare yours for now. Um and you're like, what was that scene? <laughs> Why did any of that happen? Like, it was just like a short fever dream, kind of like, as no point on the rest of the oh. film. This is also a weird tidbit. I shouldn't probably shouldn't keep mentioning these earlier, but we're all screwed up. Um, apparently, at one time, this is going to be a trilogy mm-hmm. that they crammed into one movie. Which is why I'm even more baffled by scenes like this that seem like we're trying to stretch yeah. things out. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? How would this have been three movies? I mean, I, 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 a part of me could see it because, like, the whole, you know, they'd have to, like, hamstring in a whole thing where Kate from Lost falls in love with... Yeah. <laughs> No, but like, you know, the whole, you know, meeting Lilu and finding out what's going on with her is episode one. Finding out about the stones and collecting them is episode two. Episode three is getting the stones to the, the ancient tomb and what, saving the day. I could see that being the basic structure, but like, not if you're trying to pad out <laughs> all that in one movie and you, you got time to talk about a Nerf gun for 20 minutes. No, we need the Ruby Rod prequel origin story. Oh, yeah. So now Zorg um, dispatches uh, his sidekick here, who's played by English hip-hop guy Tricky, and is like, go fucking find out about the stones. You have an hour. Get your robot bug and go spy on the president. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The robot bug. So... Yeah, we, we cut to the president's office, and they're talking about this evil planet thing is gobbling up all the satellites in the galaxy, just pulling them all in. The ships there are fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it doesn't want those. It's just, just all the satellites. Unicron just wants an appetizer. Yeah. Also, in doing so, they realize it's using our own signal against us. It's counting down to check me. Mm-hmm. So, Sorry. Tricky finds out that, like, the Mondachi winds are like, oh, yeah, um... That's okay that our guys died. Uh, we didn't like them anyway. Uh, we actually gave the stones to Plava Laguna. Just go have someone pick them up, and uh, it'll be fine. So then um, the president is like, all right, cool. We'll send the guy. He, then he smashes the robot bug, which is just up on the desk now. It's like an episode of like friggin' Joe's apartment. Just Yeah. There's just a cockroach on the table. While the pre- like while the president is talking, presumably in what's passing as the White House, yeah. 
Cockroach with an obvious, like, antenna on it. Not yeah. just cockroach antenna, but like a fucking radar dish. <laughs> like, like, it wandered out of a package of army ants toys. Yeah. Like, but again, this is one where it's like, is this just foolishness, or is the future full of cyber roaches? Like, what are we talking about? Uh, um, no one knows? So, yeah. They're like, President Zeus is like, alright, just go get a Get your best guy. I don't want to send everybody to do this. You know, that would be, that would make too much sense. Mm -hmm. Let's do this discreet. Just send one guy so, you know, we can have the most problems. And um, the general's like, cool. All right, I got this. I know the guy. And it cuts to Corbin Dallas, who's eating Thai food with pseudo James Hong. I know this isn't James Hong, but I, f I forget who this actor is. I know I've seen him in things before. Either way, I like that in the future, the Thai restaurant is just a fucking gondola that flies up to your window yeah. and cooks Thai food for I wish you. you could do that now. Like, Indeed. Uber Eats is working on it, but they're not quite there. But Well, yeah, this is a more advanced version of that where, like, essentially just restaurants have, like, mini, you know, hot dog mm -hmm. cart type things that just float around the city and... Yeah. Pull up to your place. It's just a I food mean, truck, but yeah. yeah. I've, I've been saying or yeah, food for a while, we should combine like Uber Eats and um, and food trucks where like when you order something, they start cooking it while they're driving to your house and then just right out the truck to you. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so anyway, so there, like this letter comes for Corbin, the the... Thai uh, restaurant guy's like, you should open it. It's got to be good news. Everything else in your life sucks. Like, there's no way this could be bad, too. Nowhere to go but up. And, um, yeah, Bruce Willis is like, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. But, um, you know, bet lunch over it. And so uh, they, he opens up the letter, reads it. He's like, you're fired. Oh, okay, I guess you won lunch. Your life does suck. Then, then um, we get the start of a not funny gag that repeats through the movie where Corbin's mom calls, mm. and it's just it's like mom's okay, you know his mom just complains, and you're like, okay, you have to talk to your mom. I guess that's supposed to be funny, whatever. Um, well, yeah, because this particular mom is you know needy <sighs> and miserable and just a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so now. You know, after that happens, the general shows up to uh, get Corbin for this mission. Um, then Lilu shows up, and Corbin's like, "Yo, I gotta, I gotta hit that." So yeah. fucking, you guys gotta go hide in my refrigerator. Just shoves them all in there. Three large people. Yeah, in his refrigerator. Yeah, and I like so so they do point out that they rigged this this test. Uh, I mean, this contest so that he won a trip to go to Floston Paradise. Um, and, you know, he's going to be with Ruby Rod, who's the host of the contest. And uh, he's supposed to go with um, this woman they picked to go on the mission, who is like this giant woman with Princess Leia buns. Uh, Just for no reason. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is immediately like, nope, not doing it. And um, then he shoves everyone in the in the freezer, freezes them to death, as far as I could tell. Like, mm -hmm. General Monroe is around at the end of the movie, so I guess... He somehow survived that. Yeah. It's just hijinks, Joe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, again, it's wacky future with fun stuff, so... Yeah. So then... So they're in the fridge. Yep. Now Lilu shows up yes. with um, with Cornelius, who points a gun at Dallas and is like, all right, we're stealing your contest tickets. And then, well, who shows up now? Now the police the show SWAT. up. This, yeah, SWAT. It's like yeah. a sting on the building now. Yeah. That's right, because Tricky um, heard about Corbin Dallas, so they got to go arrest Corbin Dallas. 
and um, turns out uh, Corbin Dallas puts his uh, his little nameplate on the the junkie guy's door, um, and so the police show up there. And uh, I like that they have the little X-ray see through the wall thing, and they have the little in your own apartment you have to spot where you have to put yeah. your hands for the police to search you. Yeah, those are basically everywhere. Yeah, yeah. it. Um, you know that whole you need a warrant thing apparently doesn't. Yeah, that. yeah whatever. <laughs> um, so because I guess they can't use an F bomb. I don't think this movie used used it, that the bomb. movie was very light the language was very yeah. light I mean, it, it only there were some one. shits being thrown around but it was like two maybe yeah the, this junkie guy's like smoke you and you're like what does that even mean and Bruce Willis is like that is the wrong answer yeah as the cops just tase his ass and put him in the bag TikTok future yeah like, smoke you means something <laughs> I don't know yeah so yeah he they put this guy in a bag, start dragging him out. When the Mandachi, or not the Mandachi wins, the Mangalore shop, like everyone's fucking doing a run in on this scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, um, they shoot up the, uh, the cops, um, take like, uh, what you call it? I guess, um, you know, they think the cops have Corbin Dallas who's in a bag and a Mangalore special feature. They don't look inside anything that they just assume the thing they're looking for is there. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. Also, just, yeah, let's not forget, again, I guess, because 2020 TikTok future, but the police just, when they arrest you, you're thrown in essentially in a body bag. Yeah, dragged, yep. Jesus. Well, that's because you told them smoke you. Yeah. You can't just say that to anyone. So, yeah, so now the, the Mangalores are like, all right, we're going to go there, pretend to be Corbin, and, uh, you know, we'll go get the fucking stones. So that way Zorg will have to negotiate. Uh, so they want to get... Um, revenge on Zorg, I guess. So now, um, we so to to hide Lilu and Cornelius, he put Cornelius in the, the scummy bed and shoved them in the wall, and he put Lilu in the shower and shoved that <laughs> up into the ceiling. The shower. <laughs> yeah. So Lilu's in the apartment upstairs. Um, showering. Yeah, she comes out soaking wet, and he's like, "Oh no." I gotta wrap this towel around you and get and all rub you a bunch. Yeah, get really in a, inappropriately. Get close. uncomfortably close to you. And I guess this is supposed to be them falling in love. And but yeah, it, it it's Lilu's like yo, it's awkward. Cornelius is in your it's in your jizz nest, <laughs> wrapped in <laughs> saran wrap. Saran wrap. Yeah. yeah, the stink is just he's, in his face. He's suffocating in your masturbatorium. <laughs> Like, just arguably one of the worst deaths possible. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a new it's a new take on the term cremation. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, he pulls Thank the bed you. out of the wall. Thank you. you feel good about that one? <laughs> Cornelius is all wrapped up in plastic. He unwraps him. Lilu's like, I'm taking my top off. Again. And so they look away. Cornelius is like, I'm taking a fucking your Medal of Honor or whatever and just branding you over the head with it <laughs> and taking your tickets. And uh, they go off to the airport. And the first time I saw this movie, I was like, how the fuck does Corbin get to the airport first? You know, well, he gets there like just a little bit after these guys and ahead of like everyone else. Mm. Then I realized he's a cab driver. So he probably knows how to get to the airport pretty quick. Does he even have a vehicle, though? 
He's got his shot up, Humpty. Yeah, cab. His cab his cab's as far as we know, still works. He had a cop car. The cops aren't using them. They're dead. I mean, I, yeah, I assumed that the <laughs> military guys took him there. Yeah, maybe he took the, the general's car because the general froze to death in well, the because no, afterwards he opens the door to his yeah. fridge and he says, I'll take the mission. To a and, popsicle. Yeah, to a popsicle, yes. But considering <laughs> he could have swept his keys, the, the hijinks yeah. and the stakes up to this yeah. point, I was like, "Oh, okay, it's just they're comically frozen." Yeah, I would more just go with the he's a cabbie, and apparently his license may have been revoked at this point, so he doesn't give a shit about driving yeah. like a maniac. So maybe something. Maybe he got like maybe he was a, I don't know. Limousine picked him up. I don't know. Whatever. Who knows? Who cares? So, all right, we get to the airport. And um, Cordelius's plan is to send his nervous Nelly assistant, who I don't think we ever get his name, or if we do, I don't, I don't remember. He's like, "All right, you go with Lilu. I know you're gonna fuck this up, but just, yeah. just go get the stones. Come back, easy peasy. I'm too old. I gotta go to the bar and get drunk." So like Corbin immediately just like runs over and just like pushes this dude out of the way and is like, "All right, I'm Corbin Dallas. This is Lilu. Let's go." And this whole time, Lilu's like, Lilu Dallas, multi-pass, multi-pass. Yeah, she's getting better at English, but not quite there. It's like, Tony, she knows it's a multi-pass. She does. The stiff one that. Multi-pass. This is what bothers me the most about this, like, <laughs> brewing romance between all of them. Or between the two of them. Not all uh-huh. of them. Yeah, all of them, but, sure. She, I, I never feel like she's in a proper place to consent because I don't know yeah. how much she understands. Well, you know, it's, it's just awkward. <laughs> That's the age-old question. It's kind of like the, the she 2018 was, Ghostbusters or she was built by Twilight 2016 Ghostbusters. She was built by a bunch of dudes five thousand years ago. I don't think consent was ever some an option they wanted to build into her. Well, no, she has some sense of that because when uh, he kissed her before and she was yelling gibberish, yeah. he asked Corbin to translate it, and it was something to like not without my. Uh, permission or yeah, something yeah but she, it's so she it's still something. the 90s she's the female lead and, oh well yeah fair so yeah she'll she has to resist for a set amount of time and then give in by the end it's the urkel rule yeah the urkel rule <laughs> i will wear you down <laughs> that's it exactly so um all right so now like they go they get on the plane and um like Cornelius is already like getting drunk at the bar, ashamed of what happened. Talking, to, what's that? Or well, uh, I guess we're not quite there yet, so you can keep. Okay, it. talking to this robot bartender who's just like, I'm on my TV screen <laughs> for a face. I don't care. A lot more booze. <laughs> and um, that's when his assistant shows up. Is like, yeah, I already fucked it up. Yeah. Corbin just came in and he, he he's, he's on the plane. Yeah, and. Cornelius is like, yeah, I really shouldn't have sent you. Here's the key. Get the temple ready. I'm just going to, I'll do something. I'm going to fucking Bilbo Baggins this plane and we're going on a journey. There and back again. Let's get the stones. Um, So for no reason, this airport just has a mountain of garbage. Just one whole wall. It's just a mountain of trash. And they're like, sorry about the garbage. And you're like, why is anything happening here? 2020 TikTok. Yeah. Yes. And also, this, we've kind of referred to this a few times now, but I, I am more and more as we think about this, or as we go along and I'm thinking about this, this is like that step between where we're at now and 
the idiocracy slash uh, Wally future. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just this is the beginning of the garbage piles. It hasn't gotten everywhere yet. Yeah. Like it is in Wally and idiocracy. You, you can still push it to one side yeah. of the room. Yeah, we still have it in tr- strategic places, but eventually it's gonna mm. be everywhere. Uh, so. Um, also, if you work for this airline, your, uh, your boobs, you got boob cutouts, the top of your titties gotta be out. Gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. It's the fashion. Yeah. It's something we should really bring back today. Bring back? Yeah. From the future? Yeah. Just girls' shirts just have cut out top titty parts. It doesn't have to be just the girls. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, that's right. Equal across the board. I could use, like, a vent on the top of my gut. Yeah. Just to nice. let some fumes out. I, I fully endorse this. So get on our socials and post a picture of Your yourself, socials? Rob. I, I think so. But post a picture of yourself wearing the 4AM podcast t shirt with little titty vents cut in it. Okay. That'll bring in all the likes. Yeah, what is that? Just to garner support? Or? Yeah, to get your, the, 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 you know, for fashion to grow, people need to know about it and see it. Okay. Yeah, you're saying we should bring it back. Yeah, you know, actually, I think I might start doing, like, a cutout in the back of my pants for, like, swamp ass mm. to vent. Like, a, like a, you yeah. know, like, the end of a trombone or a trumpet has the spit valve? Yeah. Yeah, like, something like that. Right. That at the bottom that everything yeah. just leak out. Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? I actually like that. <laughs> start wearing, like, a... <laughs> like, I'll just get, like, the drip tray <laughs> from a foreman grill to start wearing it in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> the grease trap. <laughs> That's what those pants will be called. <laughs> the grease trap. So essentially just an adult diaper with a friggin' drip tray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, a, and a valve at it the was, bottom to empty it. It's basically just the gutter that comes out your ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your ass gutter. Okay. But not for incontinence. Yeah. You can't make no. that clear enough. No, Rob <laughs> is not incontinent. He yet <laughs> he sweats his entire body weight in liquid every day but he's not incontinent no i'm getting there but not yet so every trip to the bathroom gets a little more chaotic so i like this um these two uh mangalores show up pretend to be corbin and lilu the the guy mangalore can't even like hold his face on the airport scanners immediately like, yeah, those aren't people. Mm-hmm. The girl Mangalore is essentially just wearing a thong, fishnets, and like that material that you'd make like a poker visor out of as a skirt. Mm-hmm. So you just like, there's her ass. And again, you know, 2020 TikTok checks out. Yeah. Um, and the cops show up and they're just, they just immediately open fire on the cops who can't react because their armor is just too bulky and they're too fat. And then just dive and burrow into a garbage pile. And, um, you do. Yeah. You know, using their trash mole powers. Yeah, that's how you disappear so you can get sneak onto the plane. Yep. So, um, whatchamacallit, as soon as they get on the plane, Corbin essentially gets snatched away from Lilu because he's got to meet Ruby Rod. And it's an experience. Now the phone begins. Yeah. Uh, they... Luckily, like, a good half to two-thirds of the movie has gone by before they bring Ruby Rod in, because if he was in the entire film, this would get old. But I think you get just enough. This is, like, right at the halfway point. Yeah, you get just enough crazy Chris Tucker, and he is just, he's a lot to handle. Mm -hmm. He's got these, like, he's like a not-sexy prince 
but he can still go up to women and like rub up on them and make them immediately orgasm. His hair is just a. Uh, just like a dick coming out of his forehead, essentially. It's a dick, but a vagina at the same time. It's like a fleshlight. Yeah, it's, it's a fleshlight. He has a fleshlight coming out of the top of his Although, head. This character was supposedly, uh, the inspiration for it was both Prince and Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. both of which were considered for the role. Well, yeah. I mean, like, if Prince could have played this role, that would have been pretty awesome. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they would have had to size him up like nah, like Hagrid, mm. <laughs> like digitally make him tall. So uh, he can't he can't be eight inches shorter than Mila Jovovich. <laughs> Why not? Because he won't not, have it. He's not dating her. He won't have it. that. Well, yeah, that's probably true. So this character is constantly talking or screaming, just the entire just, time he's on the screaming, film. Not, talk, not and talking then, or screaming. Just constantly no. Screaming. He's talking or screaming, but his talking is at a yeah, a pitch that is basically screaming. Most people's screams is what he talks at, (laughs) and then his screams go to like a whole other place. Yes, Um, and then he like dispatches people with a (laughs) and um, he fucking he's wearing like. It's not even something like uh, that a fashionable woman would wear. It's, it's something that Peg Bundy would wear. Yeah, he's yes, wearing a Peg is. Bundy. Yeah, it is. You it's, know, one it's piece. A, it's a one piece leopard print, like. Yeah. Or it's something yeah. that Peg Bundy once sat on. But yes. it's, <laughs> nah, it's like her, it's one of her bodysuits. Well, no, no, in an episode. Yeah, it is leopard print, but it, it's shaped in such a way that I feel like it used to be an armchair, and he just draped it over himself. Yeah. Maybe. So, um. Tricky now shows up to the airport. I don't know why he got there late when I think he actually got was the first one to get the news that this was happening. But either way, he shows up too late. Boarding for the plane's closed. He calls Gary Oldman. He's like, yeah, um, I failed. Gary Oldman's like, I'm super disappointed, but I'm not going to blow you up yet till we get to the right point in the montage for it to coincide with a woman having an orgasm and the ship taking off. Mm-hmm. So you're okay for right now. Yeah. So. In a few minutes. Um, this is again where it's weird because it's, it's primarily just a filler scene because I, I can't think of any reason we need to see a woman have an orgasm or them prep this jet. But I kind of loved it. Yeah, no, it. I, I liked the way everything layered over each other with like somebody would be talking about something and then it would cut to an immediate metaphor for that thing yes. in the next scene. And um, there's a few different times this happens in the film and it like... It worked for me. But I it's thought... also particularly in this one, I, I like the little just nonsense they made up. Like there's uh, when they uh, they're dealing with the landing gear for this. Well, I say, plane, hey but, man, I'm Jamaican. But well, we need some heat. There is that, but um, be the joint. I'll leave that alone. But um, no, but they're like, yeah, we we need some heat. So like they get these flamethrowers out and these like. Tribbles or whatever they are, yeah. they burst off the. They're huh? like boglins. They're more boglins. They're like yeah. lubed up boggle balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just like that's a cool little tidbit. Yeah. Like these weird creatures that just you know get on the landing gear. Like yeah, you pick those up in space. Somehow. Yeah, there's no reason we need to see that, but I, it's, it adds a bit of world building that I liked. Yeah, um, you just see Cornelius gets out to like the landing gear, and then somehow he's on the ship, but you don't really see him for a little while. Yeah. And what I like, though, with the, the super stereotypical Jamaican guy is, like, he's like, we need heat. And he's, he's yelling all this stuff with a heavy accent. And at the very end of the scene, he leaves the other guy. He's like, come on, man, I'll go buy you a beer. 
It's yeah. <laughs> your actual voice. Yep. Um, so uh, now we get like Ruby Rods just going down on the stewardess and he's um, he gets her. Her legs are like going up while like the blast shields are going up as the plane's getting ready to blast off. And, you know, all these different things are happening. And simultaneously, the plane blasts off from the the launch pad. Um, this woman comes to climax, and Tricky just fucking explodes. And yeah, and then we're we're in space. Um, in the future, uh, you get in your bed and you just hit a button, and the bed turns you off. Like somehow, yeah. But we find out right before uh, Corbin gets turned off in the the bed pod. Which, by the way, roller bed pod that looks super comfy and super practical. Um, maybe I should get roller bed. Yes. I more importantly, I think I know at least for both you and I, we could really use a like just turn on off oh, function for ourselves. Like yeah. That. Well, and if if in the morning, like if I didn't get up by a set amount of time, the bed rollers just turned on and I'm just off the bed. And that, yeah. Like, I think that would uh that would be pretty cool. So anyway, um, we find out at this point, Lilu's just learned English. Like while Bruce Willis is fucking around with um. Ruby Rod. Lilu's like, I listened. He said, like, every word in the language real fast. Uh, now I know well, English. I mean, you're not entirely wrong, but, like, that, all of this, like, everything that happens is was set up, and even yeah. that was earlier with the monk, she's watching yeah, like the every, internet, yeah. <laughs> I guess is the only way to put it. She's going letter by letter through... Yeah, like, so she is learning English slowly but steadily. Man, see, now, if this movie was made today and we could have used the joke of she learned English from the internet, and, like, she's just so fucking broken for what she learned. <laughs> yeah. She can talk. Not a lot of it makes sense. But only in meme speak. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of racial slurs that we just don't want. Can but... she spell? Oh, oh God. No, 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 no absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> for sure, no. I, she also says emojis as letters. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, she doesn't know history or math. Yeah. So um, where are we even now? So now um, we uh, Corbin get I'm not Corbin. Uh, Mr. Zord gets a call from Mr. Shadow, which is just the fireball. The evil, yeah, the evil yeah. planet. It, evil personified. I, I don't know. This is, again, where I feel like. Having a you know additional movie or two might have helped. Yeah, but yeah, but, but so would it have made it better? Here, I don't know. Here's the scene, we'll super short. Know. Like this thing calls to say, "Are you getting the stones?" Gary Oldman's like, "I don't have them, but I will." It's like, "All right, here's some soy sauce here's, on your forehead. Here's some poop on your face. Get me the stones." That's it. Like, thanks for calling. I feel like this was more just a. Uh, a, to remind you that the fireball is the true yeah. issue here, and B, to kind of give that motivation as to, yeah, Gary Oldman isn't just being a dick because he's a dick, but, like, this thing is controlling him. Yeah, it's it, Presumably, it's promised to pay him, but... <laughs> Which, how? I don't know, but... But uh, I, yeah, I don't know how, also, why? Yeah. <laughs> is, is it going to destroy no the Earth? I have no, no idea what his motivation is at all. So, uh, the, like the, this fireball thing is so not a threat or even really a part of this movie. Mm -hmm. It might as well not even be there. Uh, so 
ship cuts now the Flossed in Paradise. It lands. Lilu's already out of out of bed. Corbin gets out of bed, walks out into Floss in Paradise. And it is it is quite an impressive sight. You have this awesome like opera house kind of like main area on the ship. And then there's just like there's hula girls, there's like islander bands, everyone's getting lays, everyone's getting kisses, whole bunch of stuff's happening. But I'm like, you know, this looks like a pretty cool place. And um then sure. uh um Cornelius gets caught because he's just hanging out in the ventilation shaft. And uh, so he gets arrested, and again, you don't see him for a while. And Corbin goes to his sweet-ass blue stateroom with uh, this... Um, the person who took him there, like, whatever that lady was in, like, the uh, the little dress was talking about uh, Ruby Rod. When I, I honestly thought she was a robot, the way she was talking. Yeah. Like, it was literally like Luke Besson just got some fashion model and was like, yeah, just read read this. Like, <laughs> Didn't I say that? Didn't I say that? <laughs> she was like, and now I finished reading my lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly thought she was just a robot. Yeah. <laughs> she was probably just like somebody standing behind Bruce Lewis Ooh, with yeah. her lines on a keyboard. Probably. And the one time she emotes where she's like, oh, you get to meet Ruby Rod. Yes. Like, you don't see her on camera, so... <laughs> Because she probably just couldn't do it. Or, did, or her cue card just said yeah. Rue, and then B-Rod was on the next but, card. Like, it <laughs> is, because it is, like, the one thing with any, like, uh, infliction or emotion or anything, yeah. it is essentially, like, the, and here's your counselor, Mr. Blair. Like, yeah. it's just it's so out of place. Well, her cue card, it had a picture of RuPaul plus a picture of a bee. <laughs> and, and then, then an animal oh, yes, yeah, and a Had to do it phonetically. Yeah. <laughs> so... So anyway, uh, <laughs> so now uh, we also see the diva Plava Laguna, who has the stones, arrive. Mm-hmm. And um, we get this this actor that just plays like a shitty security guy. The guy playing security guy, he just plays a shitty guy in everything he's in. He's just this what tiny nervous man. Him? He was in Jackie Chan, uh, that movie with the, the amulet or the necklace or whatever oh, it was called. Right he's been in other that? things, too. Yeah. Oh. Wow. He's one I, I definitely recommend I recognize his face. Oh, um fucking office space. He was the uh the guy that had all the flair at the, in um in okay. not Fud Rockers, whatever the Yeah, he crazy. he's it's one of those things where he's probably had a, a very small role but is in like a thousand mm-hmm. fucking movies, so yeah. You could be doing this all day. Alright, so anyway. Um, you see Plava Laguna, she's really tall. She's covered in a veil at this point, but her one, she just uses telepathy to tell one of her assistants to go talk to Lilu. She's like, yeah, just stand right where you are for like the whole concert. And then we'll give you the stones when she's done. And then we cut over to the, the, um, concert where Corbin is, uh, meeting with Ruby Rod and the president just settles down to listen to the broadcast because he doesn't have any other kind of surveillance tools or whatever. He's just going to listen to this unfold on the radio. And, um, yeah, Ruby's just doing his thing. He introduces, like, everyone in the opera house. We meet Billy Ray, star of, uh, of cinema and, um, what theater or whatever, but he's stone deaf. That'll come into play later. Uh, and then... Which makes you wonder why he's at this opera. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So we also see that the Mangalores are here. They're pretending to be a uh, to be the wait staff, and uh, they're gonna attack the uh, the diva's suite while she's doing a concert. 
and we go to uh, that concert. And this is this is the scene I remember from this film. Like it was in the trailer. And I remember at the time this was a very like visually stunning scene where you have the opera going, and then like as it turns into a more like um, more kind of techno-y song, it, you know, we get the fight going on at the same time. But it's it's pretty neat. Um, she she starts, you know, she's singing an opera. We see the the Mangalores uh, come in and kill all of her like uh, roadies or attendants or whatever. And they're like, that case, that's got to have the stones in it. Fuck it. Don't open it. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. It, that's just the hat. It's, it's square. Never look. It's got the stones. Done. Last time it was a rectangle. That was the problem. Uh, this time we'll get the square. Um, so Lilu, like, once the, the attack happens, Lilu's around the corner. She starts having flashbacks. And she's like, oh, I'm going to get those fuckers. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the it, we go from opera to, like, opera techno. And she just comes in and just starts beating all these guys' asses. She like one guy's got a knife. She kicks that in half. This um, is this is one where again, this is you know one of the most memorable scenes mm-hmm. in this movie. But I did not remember it the way it happened quite as well. It is. It was far more slapsticky than I remembered. Well, there there definitely was that, but it was also far it just more teenage mutant ninja turtles do secret of the yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It's a lot slower. There's, you know, yeah. The you choreography wasn't as exciting. Yeah, you don't have that kinetic energy because in my yeah. head it was like this cool thing where you know the opera's going on. She's singing yeah. high notes. People are firing guns everywhere, and all this craziness mm-hmm. is going on. And and yeah, it's more just like a stunt show with yeah. cool techno well, opera. And the bad guys are clearly just waiting their turn to get beaten up. Oh, so much. And so it has its moments where it's cool and. It's the only time in the movie where the soundtrack really works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. again, the idea is good, but again, the execution is not as good as I remember it being. And interestingly enough, also, at the time, um, the song that Plav Laguna is singing was artificially done, where the woman sang the notes separately and they were arranged. Yes. Because um, it was thought to be impossible for a human to actually sing, but people have since been able to sing it. All right. Mm-hmm. To the full range, like yeah. That? Oh wow! I thought she was really doing that because I've heard stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and, as a matter of fact, the uh, the person on stage in all that makeup is not even the person singing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so I wasn't sure about that, but you know, yeah. Um, at this point, also no, was, uh, at the time, that was Lupusan's wife. Okay. Zorg um, shows up at this point. He takes his own ship in there. Just says like, oh, yeah, "I need repairs. I'm coming aboard." They're like, "Sure, why not?" So, um, now the uh, the Mangalores. You know, one of the Mangalores saw Lilu beating everyone else's ass. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm out." And he goes and tells everyone else that there was an ambush. So uh, the Mangalores like, "Fuck it, we're just taking everything over. We'll take over the opera house. Take over the bridge." Storm in there, just shoot the fucking diva, like, whatever. You know, and they start, like, pulling everyone out of the opera. And so it's just Bruce Willis and um, and Ruby Rod are the only two left um, in the very front of the opera. And, uh, you know, Bruce Willis grabs Plava Laguna. You know, she's like, check it out. Stones are inside me. Not not in that hole. <laughs> Dope, not in that hole. <laughs> yeah. All right, in that hole. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I I had so many questions here. Like, first of all, when we see her, like, is she wearing something? Yeah. If she's got a dress on, it's the same color as her skin. 
She, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks like it was a very, like, stretchy, like, rubbery material vacuum-formed onto her. I don't know. Maybe her body's just really weird where, like, like there's space inside of her abdomen. And well, that's the other thing. Yeah, where are these stones? Because they're not small. <laughs> yeah. So was was she just going to poop them out later? Like, what yeah, was the plan? How'd she get them in there in the first place, yeah. I guess? Yeah, that's, that's just weird. I mean, like, again... Mm-hmm. Future, whatever. Yeah. I, I just have to go with it. But <laughs> I mean, I guess. But biology and physics is still, you know. Yeah. Well, yes and no, because like if this was a person, I definitely would be like, I, I, even in the future, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah. because it's an alien, I could be like, I, maybe you know, all her organs are like no bigger than our spine, yeah. and yeah, she's got room in there, so she just went to a doctor and said, you know. Give me the, you know, her, like, put them in little balloons, like, you know. I, I think I would have preferred it if, like, it's like her lower half was, like, robotic or something, like, opened or, up. And, yeah. I, I think it would have been funny <clears throat> if she's just, like, my head tentacle. It's just a hat. Well, that's what <laughs> I was thinking, too. I'm yeah. like, is they're that going to come off and they're in there? That so, is the other because I, I did remember that they were in her, but when uh, she first showed up, I was thinking, like, oh, there's four things. She's got four head tentacles. Yeah. Four bigger head tentacles. I wonder if it's in each tentacle, but no, just, just her stomach. So before she dies, Blah Laguna is like, check it out. It's a late 90s movie. Uh, she's a girl. She is still very fragile, and you have to do her. This isn't going to work if you don't. Do it for everyone, Bruce Willis. Fate of the world. Rest of your day. You got to hit that. <laughs> He's like, I got it. I can do it. Um. And meanwhile, one of the Mangalores comes by and is just like, hey, person over there, I'm going to walk up way too close to you and get immediately flipped over. And he gives Ruby Rod the gun and he's like, yeah, hold the gun against his forehead. Who immediately fucks that up and just shoots the thing in the head. Uh-huh. I like that. He's just like, sorry. And he's like, is he going to be okay? <laughs> and then, so that tips off the other Mangalores. So Bruce Willis is like, fuck stealth. I'm going full badass here. I'm just busting out of the opera house. Shooting everybody. And we get a mostly serviceable gunfight here. I liked a lot of the elements. Um, you know, I, th- I liked how he came out, shot a bunch of people. Then you see they have like that, uh, that gun emplacement with the rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, the American Gladiator. Yeah, the American <laughs> Gladiator's assault gun. So he's just like, ah, oh, shit, jumps behind the bar. Uh, so they start shooting up the bar. They're firing rockets, blowing the bar up, you know, piece by rockets piece. Rockets suck ass. They're, they're tiny little rockets. Yeah. <laughs> Like, um, each rocket barely takes off a part of this bar. Yeah. They're like, the oh, fuck? So then, um, fucking, uh, was that he's like, he doesn't have his gun anymore because he had to jump off the balcony. So he looks at Billy Ray, um, who we mentioned before was very deaf. He's like, Billy, the gun. Billy's looking at it like, all right, I got it. Tosses him two pool balls. He's like, thanks, Billy. He's like, stuff those up your ass. <laughs> and I like how Billy gives him, like, the thumbs up, like, I did it. <laughs> And then, so one of the other Mangalores comes up. He's like, all right, don't move. I got a gun pointed at you. I'm going to stand at the bottom of the springboard. Now, don't jump on the other yeah, end. What, the, what is this? Just don't do it. And so, yeah, this part's stupid. He jumps on the springboard, launches the Mangalore with such velocity that his head impales through the floor. It is now popped up near, uh, near Ruby Rod who is, like, slapping him in the head. And the Mangalore's like, oh, well, I'm just going to open fire blindly on everything and yeah, shoot like all my friends. Do. Yeah. Then he drops the rifle. Bruce Willis gets it, you know, shoots out the people behind the gun emplacement. 
And um, uh, what's his name? Ruby Rod pushes the guy's head back through the floor. And this guy has a spiky hand grenade thing on him. And the way bombs work in the future is they don't explode until you count down from 10. That's right. Because he tells Ruby Rod to count backwards from 10. And this, like, Ruby Rod does not do it with any degree of consistency. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, when he's setting the timer on this thing, I I wonder what the hell time he actually put, because it's not even close to being ten. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe he he said it for Ruby Rod's voice. I don't know. I don't even understand why. Like no, I don't think his voice acted because you yeah. you see him like fiddling yeah, with it. So I think he just set a timer, but like. He says count to ten, but he doesn't even start counting till ten till like five minutes yeah. later. Right? Like, what's even the and point then, of counting? I don't. I, don't, I imagine yeah. just to you know just give Ruby something to do. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking yeah. more like a, you know, give that count, and once you hit the end, we know to like duck yeah. and try to be it, get the fuck out of here. But so, um, now like they get under a pool table. Now the ceiling that this Mangalore got springboarded through immediately failed and uh also bruce willis was able to underworld chris tucker back down to the ground yes. um through it yeah. but this pool table can withstand all of those bullets because they're under the pool table and they're pushing that along so it's heavy enough to withstand bullets but like it's light enough to be pushed across the floor it's really good quality felt on that yeah so yeah. like the like, more Mangalores show up on the balcony above them or shooting down at them. <clears throat> and um, the bomb goes off, makes this huge explosion, and Chris Tucker <laughs> just... The scream is the worst, but I love it. Like, he's just like... Aah! Like, I can't get that high. Just no. sustaining it. Nothing for, can get that high. It's for, like, like a dog whistle. Yeah. And no one listening to this wants you to get that high. <laughs> and fucking... Well, the, the thing that really threw me off is, <laughs> keep in mind... He's still on the radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike right in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Fucking, there are tons of people that just went deaf. <laughs> so, all right. While that's, they're like, we got to go to the bridge now. Let's uh, let's go there. Let's take back control of this thing. Meanwhile, Zorg, he just immediately shows up at the Diva Suite somehow. He's there and he's like, all right, Lilu, I see you got a case there. I'm also not going to look inside it. Just give it to me and I'm going to go. And, you know, all that gymnastics and stuff you did was pretty impressive, but uh, I got a ZF-1 and 3,000 rounds, so I'm just going <laughs> to spray bullets fucking everywhere. And he gets her up in the ceiling, like she jumps up in the, the air vents, he shoots up the whole ceiling and shoots her, and then, like, grabs the case, doesn't open it, and leaves. Uh, and he sets a little bomb before he goes. For 20 minutes. Yep. Um. So now, back to Corbin, they go to the bridge that ineffective security guards there trying to like you know exchange fire with the mangalores on the bridge and i like this scene where bruce wills is like do you know how many of them there are and he's the guy's like no he's like all right let me take a look and he looks for like like a second yeah and he's like there's seven on the left five on the right and then he pops out doesn't even fire six bullets and he's like there's four on the left two on the right five guys yeah okay so now the, the Mangalores are like, okay, send someone to negotiate. We're going to kill hostages if anyone else fires. So Bruce Willis is like, check it out. Mangalores, they're just like the fucking drones from Star Wars. Like, you kill their leader, they're useless. So I said here, this is the Malcolm Reynolds style of negotiation. Yeah. Just, just walks right in there and just immediately shoots the leader in the head. 
and and that's it. The other the other Mangalore is just like, damn, yeah, and you know, give up, yeah. I was, and like it's a cool scene. Um, I like where he's like, um, the security chief asks Cornelius like, uh, or not Cornelius, um, Ruby like, where do you learn to negotiate like that? And the president's like, I wonder. Looking at the military guy, hmm. and then um, he meets up with Cornelius on the bridge because that's where he was taken when he was arrested. Um, they find they look on the cameras. They find the diva suite. They head over there. Um, at this point now, like most of the time has gone off has gone off the bomb. It's at ten minutes. Yeah, they go there. They get Lilu out of the ceiling, and uh, we get the little whimsy comedy music when like. Um, Ruby open. Re, I mean, he realizes there's a bomb on the door, which is now at five minutes. Yeah, and then like Cornelius is like, it's 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 it's, and he's like, no, because if it was a bomb, then the security detectors would have detected it a long time ago, like and, fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, but no, apparently you only get five minutes on the security detectors. <laughs> So they're like, this whole fucking place is going to blow in five minutes. Wait, the security detectors that detect bombs, but apparently are not set off by repeated gunfire, nope. missiles, nope. burning things. In fairness, those are some pansy missiles. Now, they were, but... I just thought they were fireworks. We're looking at a bomb, just attached to, as far as I can tell, just a regular-ass door. Yep. Just take the pins out, throw the door off the ship. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, Use your gun, blow the hinges off the door, throw the door off the ship. Yeah. This did bug. Me. I mean, like, I guess you know, once the alarms start going off, you're pretty much fucked because you know it's gonna. If you, you know, a fire alarm goes off in a building, telling everybody to evacuate, people are gonna start evacuating. Mm-hmm. But it sure. was literally just, you know, get the door, put it on one of those escape pods, lose one yeah. escape pod, and you're fine. But so, instead, everyone goes crazy and shooting off on escape pods. And, so, fucking Gary Oldman, meanwhile, Mr. Zorg, he's flying off the ship. He's like, yeah, I better open the crate. And, of course, the stones aren't there. So, he now he comes back uh, as um, uh, Corbin and Cornelius and Ruby and Lilu are leaving the ship. Um, he, he lands. And I like that there's still, like, security people when Zorg lands that are like, yeah, sir, you can't dock here. And uh, he's like, there's a bomb on the ship. And he just guns them all down. He's like, I, I know. And he goes, and um, he's coming up an elevator while, you know, Corbin and all them are going down the other elevator. And he goes around the corner, goes back to his bomb, puts his little, puts his debit card in there to disarm it. And um, yeah, whatever that is. He's like, yeah, five seconds left. We're fine. We're good. And then um, the uh, one of the Mangalores who didn't die uh, activates their bomb that they brought along. And he says, for the honor. And honor that has killed billions of people, according to uh, Zorg, kills him as the whole fucking ship explodes. And, you know, it's also him getting his comeuppance, because, like, with them before the guns, yep. they blew up. With uh, Tricky yeah. before you He likes to blow up, people so, yeah. up. He like, gets oh, blown here's up. Here's a bit of your own medicine. And uh, Bruce Willis yeah. has to, like, Independence Day the explosion and outfly it on the spaceship. Yeah. And, you know, he does. And... Um, interesting thing I noticed the first time I watched this movie, I was like, the the main villain. I'm mean, technically the main villain's the the evil planet, but it's it's Gary Oldman. Sure. Gary Oldman's the main yeah. villain, and Bruce Willis never see each other, nope. never fight, never exchange any dialogue. Whole mm-hmm. plot goes by, and the main the main protagonist and the main antagonist never come in contact. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Um, so here's where the movie, like, the movie stops being any degree of clever in my mind. And it just becomes really formulaic at this part. Well, like, this is actually where I would recommend you just turn the movie off. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is essentially where the movie should end. Because, yeah, it is literally like they fly back to Earth and they're like, we got to summon Captain Planet, mm-hmm. go to the temple, put the stones in their little slots. Fucking, um, you know, we got to open the stones. It takes way too long for them to figure out that they have to friggin' just put the elements on the stones to activate them. Uh, the Firestone, they only have one match to make fire. And, of course, at this point, uh, uh, Lilu is having a crisis because she That's just she found out about, about war. war. Mm. Yeah. Like, didn't you just punch a bunch of people in the face and stuff? Yeah. So, yeah, they... they op- uh, yeah, they um, fucking open up all the stones, but Lilu doesn't want to, you know, fire her, her little beam. Um, so, what should we call it? Um, like, Bruce Willis grabs her, and it's like, okay, check it out. I know you don't, like, you think humans suck because of war. Uh, we do this thing, this other thing besides war, we fuck each other. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to do you so hard. You're going to love it. Just fucking shoot the whoop. And she's like, I'm a fire in my laser. Right at this, this evil planet that's about to crash into Earth. Stops it. Like, that actually halts all momentum. That all, yeah. It's 62 miles from Earth. So it's like in the atmosphere. It's like there. It's like it's, there. Just, it's like the size of the moon. Like everyone's dead. It's just it's fucking over. Like like it not like push the planet away and blow it up. It just stopped it. Right. So yeah. So Earth's fucked. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's like it's it's destroying gravity at this point. Like yeah. so sixty two like everyone's laughing. Like yeah, it's great. And then um friggin' the the little nervous guy's like yeah, and Ruby Rod's like. What's wrong with you? Every five minutes, bomb something. I'm leaving. And I'm like, you go, Ruby. That's a that's exactly right. <laughs> yes. He's had enough. He leaves. And then we just get like one sort of after the climax scene of like the president comes to see him, but they're too busy fucking in the tube that yeah. Mila Jovovich was made in. It's like healing them? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're in the... They just needed some quiet time. Yeah, he says they were very tired, so we put them in the reactor. The reactor, just, okay. Just a healthy dose of radiation. <laughs> and, and yeah. They were tired, so we thought some cancer might help. Yeah. Pep them up. You know, we're hitting them with that greasy sunlight, and uh, they're, they're just porking in there. Yeah, and we just fade out. Yeah, the Corbin's mom calls. And tries that you know they give her to the president. She's like, "You're not the president." The president doesn't sound like that. He's an idiot. And they're all reacting to the phone like it's like you know they're like, "I don't know what to do with this." Like, what? Do we, she's hanging up. Yeah, we, we just let her talk. I don't know. Send the Secret Service to kill her. Yeah. Roll some bad schlock song and roll the credits. Oh my Movie's over. It actually fades out on the <laughs> Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich and a yep. gross blue light. Looking all beat up. Just pumping on each other. And it's gross. And the movie just comes to a sad, wet fart of an end. Mm-hmm. And that's the fifth element. Tommy? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so on RottenTomatoes.com, uh, Rotten Crit- Ruby Rod. Yeah. critics gave this a score of 71%. 
Audience gave it a score of 86%, at least currently as of this. I don't know what mm-hmm. it was when it first came out or whatever, but uh, that's their thoughts and opinions. What about you and yours? Uh, we'll start with Ron. Um, I mean, I guess I'd put this in the 70s, like a, a C. Uh, man. So, I mean, my opinion may be very different because I found a lot of this movie just hard to watch as far as just constant noise and just, like, shit being thrown at you. Um, I found the dialogue hard to hear, um, but I'm also old and terrible, so, um, as the youth of the world just waits for me to die, uh, they might enjoy it. Um, there's some cool stuff in here, but it is kind of just like a very basic-ass boilerplate sci-fi movie. Um, with some interesting elements. Uh, so, I'm gonna give it the lightest of recommends. I didn't personally enjoy it overall, but I can see where others might. It has Mm -hmm. some cool stuff. It does have a lot of, it has some decent CGI for the time, and some decent practical effects. And decent practical effects will always be better than decent CGI. (laughs) For sure. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's me. Joe. I'd give it about like a, I'd say like a B, a B minus. This movie doesn't do anything egregiously bad. Um, it like the dialogue and the soundtrack. The, is I, I wouldn't say egregious. egregiously bad. I would say it's not good, but um, you know it certainly it detracts. Uh, but I do like the opera scene did earn earn a lot of points. Um, and the way the soundtrack was used for that particular part, especially when I saw it at the time. Um, that was fairly revolutionary for me. Um, but the, like, the writing and the acting isn't great. Uh, well, I'm sorry, the dialogue and the acting isn't great, but I like the plot structure. I like all the different scenes that stack on top of each other and the rapid transitions in the editing. Um, the action scenes are good enough. They have some stuff in it that's really stupid, like the, the end of the Mila Jovovich fight is a little slapsticky and the like the springboard I could have done without. But I actually like like Ruby Rod screaming through the whole thing and all that. Um Ruby Rod I thought I was gonna hate a lot more. Like I thought I was gonna remember him as just fucking terrible, but I actually enjoyed that character. I do like that they only put him in half the movie because I don't if he was there from the beginning, that he his welcome would have been overstayed pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I thought it has a, has a great cast. I like Gary Oldman's villain character. I like through and through, uh, his desk makes no sense, but you know, it adds to the, the zaniness of this movie. And overall, this movie had a lot of like creative ideas going on. It was a, a very cool setting. Um, it was a lot like, um, remember a few years ago, that movie came out of uh, Valerian and the city of dreams where it was like, this is an amazing setting. But nothing's happening in this movie. It was like a better version of that movie where, like, it's a cool setting, but the plot does just enough to get through. And even though none of the actors really turn in a great performance, other than I could say Chris Tucker, he did really good at playing that character, whether or not you like that character. Uh, and Gary Oldman's effective enough at the villain. But if you're just like, Gary Oldman, just be the bad guy. He's like, I gotcha. Um, so. Yeah, that's why I say it goes in the Bs. It doesn't do enough to like to stand out as an A work, um, and it does have some things in it that are kind of like like parts of the soundtrack, the whimsy music in certain scenes, the um, like we we talked about the um, 
you know, Bruce Willis kind of at the beginning of his like phoning it in years and uh, some of that stuff. But overall, I liked it and I would recommend everyone see it. And I think at the time when this was coming out, this movie was so far ahead in the creativity scale compared to what was going on in that like that dearth like 1996 to 2001 crap range um, that I think, you know, this movie stands out and was a nice breath of fresh air. So, yeah, overall recommend B-. minus. Also funny you would mention Valerian and the mm-hmm. City of a Thousand, whatever, or whatever, yeah, because Luke was on. Yeah. Again, just him still trying to make this work. Um, I'm in the same range as you. I'd say, yeah, low B tier. I think at the time it was really good. Some of it doesn't quite work for me as well now. Other parts of it work better. So it's a, a bit of a mixed bag with that. The, the music is definitely, as mentioned, off for most of this. Um, and yeah, I wish they would figure out where they want to go. Because I'm not, I like humor and stuff, but it is that thing of like, we do just become like a Three Stooges bit at parts mm-hmm. out of nowhere when it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Like you kind of either have to like blend it better or... Or pick a side more and kind of, you know, are we trying to be more comedic? Are we trying to be more serious? And, and the humor they were having from the scenes jumping around with the editing, I think yeah. it's working real well. Yes. And that's all you needed. Yeah. And like you can have other bits of humor like yeah. that or like, you know, cause for, again, Chris Tucker and that character mm-hmm. intentionally annoying and he was great at that for whatever that does. Cause yeah, it's intentionally annoying. But um, I, I liked, yeah, I liked the character in that way of how much I'm supposed to hate him and it worked. But um, but yeah, overall, it was definitely, it was trying new things. It's being creative. It's being unique. Um, and uh, yeah, not bad for the, the time, especially. So light recommend. Again, low B. So we're all, we're all in the ballpark, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's worth checking out, but you, you know, you don't have to put it at the top of your tier. How fun. Yeah. I'll go do a reverse recommendation. If you are going to watch Valerian and the City of Whatever Dreams, um, instead watch this movie. Yeah, City of a Thousand Planets. Instead, watch this movie. Okay. We just need to find a way to cram the two together. Wait, are we rolling? Take your hands off your boobs there. Get your male gaze off them. (laughs) Uh, Well, who's... Brian rolled so to the Tony Brian, 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 rolled, Brian this. rolled this. So Jerry's yeah. technically your roll. My roll yeah. all the way back in eighteen forty two. Yeah. Back in days of yore, Brian did yeah. roll this. I do that you want do you want me to roll? Yeah, let's roll. All right, I gotta bring up the I, list. So we gotta get something. Uh, right, well Rob's getting that ready. I didn't want to say this before, um, but when we mentioned Prince I have to say, I watched a review for his movie Under the Cherry Moon, mm. and his uh, his sidekick in that movie, also named Tricky, uh, but a different Tricky, um, had one of the best comebacks to a line ever, where he um, a character asked him why he betrayed them. Like, he just for no reason in the movie does something that, like, betrays Prince. And uh, his comeback, his explanation, he goes, because it's a full moon and I'm a werewolf, bitch! <laughs> oh, right. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything, but I love it. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> oh, that Tony, would you get the movie's rather unique? The dice should be in that drawer. D twenty fate. 
D20 Fate. D20 of Fate. Oh, the black bag of destiny. It's being opened. Oh boy, I don't feel good about this. Roll it. Oh, that's a five. What? 1988 Vice Versa. I don't know what that is. I don't either. I know what that is, but what? Is that a Brian joint? I could be, but I wouldn't think so. To IMDb. That's um, <laughs> Judge Reinhold and. Oh, is that him and Fred Savage? Yeah. Okay. Like before Freaky Friday, oh. or technically after the first Freaky Friday. Why? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's not good. Okay. Okay. I don't. I know I've seen it, but I. I don't. That, that feels like a, I can't imagine anyone but me put that on there, but I can't think of why I would put that on there. Just when he was ready for midlife crisis, something unexpected came up. Puberty. A divorced executive named Marshall and his 11-year-old son Charlie casually touch a Tibetan skull, releasing a mysterious power. <laughs> you casually touch <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, we'll see you in another three months for Vice Versa. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to make it some We're trying, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please the subscribe to our podcast. It's good to be back in the saddle, reviewing <laughs> movies with my bros. <laughs> I feel like I'm the one wearing the saddle right now. Um, yeah, we appreciate Later there, sweetie. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Guys, if you have just a minute of your time, please go and rate us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you, whatever. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, yeah. wherever. Just, just wherever rate us. Great podcasts are sold. Five star. Would, would eat again. Um, yeah. And uh, if you want to... Give us one star. Just let us know you're out there. If you want to support us, check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 4am podcast. Please email us. With questions, comments, what questions? We like answering questions. It's a fun thing at the 4am podcast at gmail.com. And you can check us out on 4am podcast.podbean.com for our site, all of our old episodes, all of our archives, links to our store, etc., etc., etc. Thank you so much for listening. Happy birthday to Tony and Brian. Happy sore throat to Will or whatever the hell. That's happy changing of the pants for Joe. That's New Year, everybody. Let's try and be good to each other. Try and get through everything. Yeah, stay off of Twitter. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Beware our TikTok future. <laughs>